Hello and thank you for listening to episode 19 of 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave and for the listeners that listen to episode 18 you may well be expecting the first of our Married With Children shows. Uh, That now is going to be the next show after this one in about a week's time. What you're about to listen to is the next of our entertainment shows where of course I'm always joined by my fellow co-hosts Chris and Ramrod. If you listen to a previous entertainment show you'll always be you know aware that they go a little bit over the 60 minutes. This one's no different in fact it goes probably about 120 minutes over the 60 minutes. It's an epic one uh, but since it's been a few weeks since we last released a show and hopefully you're all caught up by now and everything that we've done uh, this one will keep you occupied until the Marriage with Children show comes out in about a week or so's time. Uh, there's a slight audio issue ooh, I don't know about an hour 20-ish or is it two hours 20? I can't remember. I'll quite a way into it where for about 10 minutes um, the the audio on my end crackles a little bit um, but it's fine on with, with Ramrod and Chris but it doesn't distract us always it's fine and it's only for about 10 minutes or so anyway it's a long episode enough of me prattling on you want to get to the meat of the show so please sit back relax get comfortable and spend quite a long time over 60 minutes with myself Chris and Ramrod Right, we are back with another entertainment show, and I'm I'm going to be a bully. I'm going to be a bully and start this off and talk about what I want to talk about. Oh, so fuck geez. fuck both of you. I don't See, care. You're hard, don't you? Yeah, I do. I do. And I'm. Are, get, you, are you hard? I'm semi at the moment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've just been watching. I've been watching the Sylvester Stallone Warburton's advert. So obviously, you know. I'm at a 45 degree angle at this moment. It was funny, I'll give you that. It did make me laugh. (laughs) It was good. If we're going to go into TV, fuck it, let's start with TV and an advert. So, you know, the Sly advert came on and Mm. Warburton's. And when it was announced, I'm sure most people listening to this, um, as did I and possibly yourselves, thought, what the fuck is he doing? He's making an advert for Warburton's bread. It's a, and it ended up a two-minute advert, and then um, it debuted as we recorded. I think it was like last week, uh, and I've seen it a good few times now, obviously. And holy shit, it's great! It, it's well, obviously, in my opinion, it pisses all over <laughs> Expendables three, to say the very least. It was. It, I mean, I've, I, as if I'm right, it was during Britain's Got Talent. I know, and we it never is. watch that, and for some, Liar. we don't, because it's shit, but for some I, bizarre I, reason, I don't know why, I think I was knackered, and I, I wasn't in the mindset to watch a film or anything, or even anything we'd like recorded, so Britain's Got Talent just happened to be on, and then my interest was piqued, and um, blood rushed to my genitals when he appeared on, like, God. the Warburton's advert, and it was great. I take it, is it like a parody type thing or, you know, I still haven't seen it. I mean, doesn't, <gasps> how wait, dare you? How I, dare I've, you say you haven't seen I, it? I've got it queued up, right? I've just, it's on my computer, ready to watch as soon as we finish doing this, right? But uh, there's a massive billboard where I drive to work. It's huge. And it's, it's like the Expendables, basically. It's like him dressed up in the Expendables gear with his beret and, you know, sort of like flanked by just, guys i guess you know just random blokes sort of like all this bread stuff but apparently it's like 18 million pounds this campaign to, to put together this from warburton's it's oh, yeah. like bread for bread it's for bread, bread. <laughs> it's fucking bread it's i can like, make bread it's bread do you know what i mean it's like do, you, do we need to spend 18 million pounds just to get people to buy bread 
The thing yeah, is with it, living on bread, my uh, man. That's it. I'm just buying Warburtons by the fucking <laughs> ton, mate. That's he's it. Fucking, just because he's, of this. Like, it's like they live. Dave's just doing what he's told. <laughs> you can see in the advert, though, can't you? When it's him and not him. You know these long shots. Ooh, I don't know, mate. I oh, didn't notice that. Oh, I can tell from his buttocks, mate, easily. <laughs> <laughs> from the shots from behind, when it's the sta- obviously it's the standing running with the bread and all of this. Uh, oh, I suppose he can't run because he's 125 <laughs> years old. I did laugh, though. It's the bit where he's stuck in traffic and he gives that no sort of bit. And I was like, this is really well done. Yeah. Why am I enjoying it? It's a fucking bread advert. And then next thing, there's Annie and the fucking meerkats. And I know. What's, what's going on? What's what going on? I think it's John McClane going to appear in some advert for He's that. already done it, Dave. He's advertised some fucking Sky, weird... I think, wasn't it? Sky. Oh, That's God, it. yeah, I did see the Sky advert, actually. Yeah, good point. Wesley Snipes advertising fucking, you know, brown cream or something. <laughs> <laughs> Where's yeah. it going to end? Next? I don't what know. is next? Gary Ducey advertising eye patches. <laughs> oh, God. He, I mean, Snipes definitely isn't going to do something to, about tax returns, is he? He's not... <laughs> He's not going to be the spokesperson for the HMRC, I don't think. <laughs> it's, it's very interesting that they've, obviously, you know, it's it, it's cashing on shit in it. It's, it's not even work to them, is it? But yeah. you look at the money that these companies are putting up to get the biggest, and they still are the biggest action stars on the planet, Bruce Willis, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, when I saw him with the Meerkats, I mean, me and Zoe, my girlfriend was sitting there and went, holy shit, it's Arnie. But then you just kind of sit back and you go, what the fuck is he doing the sellout? That's Where a, is he going? You wouldn't have thought that, you know, back going back to say the, you know, the, the 80s when he was in his heyday and he was doing adverts like that, you wouldn't just think of it, would you? But... No. I don't know. I mean, in Japan, you know, there are like I remember seeing stars like Harrison Ford and and even Schwarzenegger. Like they kind of do these kind of weird and wonderful adverts in Japan, and you know they'll play them over here. It used to be on like Clive James and stuff like that. They'd show you know on on a Sunday night, whatever. But um, so I suppose it's not that uncommon. And yeah, you know, they need money, don't they? These actors, they're penniless. Oh, that's it. They're down to the last sort of hundred million by now, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Creed. he's only got like Creed coming out, and he's only got Terminator Genesis. Yeah, coming out. It's a it. fucking hard life. It is. I, I've got to say, just before you carry, I know you mentioned Terminator, and I, and I am kind of. It's a Terminator film, so I'm always going to have an interest in it. But have you seen the latest trailer? Yeah, it tells you the entire fucking movie. Jeez. Oh. I, oh my god. Honestly, I mean, if they'd have left it. With the original trailer, if you like, kind of just showing the the twist. I mean, Dave, I don't know how much you've. I know you avoid trailers sometimes, don't you? Well, this is the thing. This this is just backing up my theory now of why everybody that listens to us should, if if you're if you know one hundred percent that you're going to see a film at the cinema or you're going to wait until it's finished its cinema run and it comes to DVD or Blu-ray, but you know one hundred percent that you're going to watch this film. Don't watch the fucking trailer. Don't. Yeah. And it's. And I will admit it's been hard. And I'll, I'm going to bring this up when we get to the movie section a bit later on. That when you're sat in the cinema and a trailer comes on for a film that you you know you want to watch, and you've mm. got to sit there and just mm. turn the other way and shield your eyes, and you look like a complete cock. But trust, trust me, it pays off in the long run because so many times in the past, and which has got me to this point now, is when I it's it's spoilt so many great movies 
watching the trailer. So if you know you want to watch it, just don't watch the trailer. Show some restraint, which I know is difficult in the digital age when you're bombarded with everything. It's that... impossible, Dave. It Fucking is, hell. because I've done it for over a year now. It's I've so... avoided Listen. every trailer that I wanted to, a, a film that I wanted to watch. What about well, Star well, Wars? Didn't yeah. watch it. Didn't watch it. No, so that's the way to do a trailer right, in my opinion. You know, But the thing yeah. is, with Ter- just going back to Terminator, the original trailer... It had me intrigued because it's. A, I'm not going to say too much because I don't want to spoil it for you, Dave, or anyone else. But I thought, well, this is a bit different. This is a bit more interesting. This is kind of like they're putting a different spin on the thing. Like, you know, it pro- probably turned out to be a big pile of shit, but at least they're doing something slightly different, I guess, to a certain degree. This new trailer, I might as well not bother watching the film because, I mean, you used to said it there, Dave. It is literally they've given a massive plot point away in this trailer. And I'm thinking... That would have been awesome if I'd have gone to the cinema and not seen the trailer, and sort of like that happened. What you know, what what kind of they show off? I'd, I'd have been like, "Wow, that's pretty cool." Okay, that's good. But now it's like, can I really be asked to go and watch something that I've already seen something a, a major bit from the film? Do you, know, do you know? But the Star Wars one, I had hairs on the back of my neck standing up. It was incredible. Woohoo! It looks fucking <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that looks it amazing. Is fucking awesome. I I. I... I'm so fucking excited. It's, I'm getting another Star Wars tattoo tomorrow. I'm going I'm going to give her a shout out. My tattooist Amy Johnston is fucking amazing and I'm getting another Star Wars tattoo on my leg tomorrow because I'm so fucking excited and my love for Star Wars is so deep. The trailer is immense. I've watched it a billion times already. It doesn't give you anything, but it gives you enough. Gets you excited. Yeah, man. It's like, I mean, what, what I mean, if you want to talk about them later, Dave, we'll stave off for now. We'll stave off because I've got a lot to say about trailers at the moment. Oh, yeah. Because I have got, I, I mean, I'm kind of almost joining you on this boat to fuck off I trailer. Hope, I hope you are. I'm almost joining <laughs> I you. I hope you are. Because I know, you know, I saw Star Wars at the cinema when it was released, right? And I'm, so I'm hyper psyched up. Were you old as well? Well, obviously. I'm as (laughs) hyper-psyched up as I can be at my age without inducing sort of coronary heart attack, you know, whatever. (laughs) But, so I'm avoiding everything to do with it, but I'm, you know, I'm so excited, as is everybody else. So, it is difficult to avoid trailers and not want to watch them, but trust me, in the long run, it's well worth avoiding them, if you know. I will watch trailers if it's something that I've never heard of, or I've heard of and I'm on the fence about whether watching it. And I may use the trailer to influence my decision whether to watch it or not with yeah. those. But, the, you know, Star Wars, um, Terminator, Jurassic Park, Mad Max, all those. I, I have not seen a second of footage. So when I go into the cinema and watch it, every single second is going to be fresh to me and blow me away, hopefully. So yeah, that's it's it's a good it's a I'll be honest, like it is a good philosophy, and you know what I was like with you at the beginning. I was like, for fuck's sake, Dave, just watch the trailer because you might want to watch the film. <laughs> and I used to get really angry with you, but now I, I mean, we, I mean, we might as well carry on fucking talking about it because we're talking about well, it. Well, I remember when you came, when you came in the other day and you watched that trailer and you and you were just you were fuming because it gave everything away for you, didn't it? It was. We went to the cinema to watch uh, Blade Runner when it got re-released, and it was it was a marvelous experience. See Blade Runner on the big screen but beforehand they showed three trailers specifically one was the mad max trailer now in my opinion now we know what mad max is going to be it's going to be a reboot of mad max 2 with tom hardy which is Mm. fucking awesome in my opinion it's gonna be a two-hour chase and the trailer just shows you 
it's going to be a two-hour chase for Tom Hardy. Fine. Yeah. doesn't give you any plot points. It just goes, this is going to be mad as fuck. You're going to love it. And then the, the not Skyfall, sorry, Spectre trailer came on. Now, you know, it's very highly anticipated, this film. And it gave you a very little snippet of what the plot might be. And nothing else about the movie. It didn't show Dave Bautista. It didn't show Christoph Waltz. Well, a little bit of Christoph Waltz because it's an extended trailer. But again, it, it, it didn't give you too much. And then they showed the fucking trailer for this, what could be a great Western, uh, a contemporary Western with Mads Mikkelsen, Eric Cantona, and um, the guy out of um, Watchmen, that Jeffrey Dean, I can't remember his name. And the trailer started off really well. And I know Tina's already seen it and said, this is a really good movie. So the trailer started off really well. So Dave went, oh, I'll watch this trailer then. I'll be interested in it. It literally gave you a one and a half <laughs> minute version of the, the entire movie. From like his wife getting murdered to him plotting revenge to literally him killing the bad guy at the end. And then it was like, coming soon, I thought. And I remember turning to Dave going, well, there's no fucking point watching this now. <laughs> and it is heartbreaking that they want to, literally telling you because i think with mad max they're going to sell it on the basis of fanboys are going to want to go and see a mad max film and young guys are going to get interested in this crazy wild action film that you don't see the likes of really anymore that's going to sell itself but this film is a i don't know is it a foreign production or something it's not a big movie it's got great actors in it but they're going to need to sell this film to the point where they've got to tell you the fucking whole story so you'll part your money it's ridiculous it is ridiculous and to have to do that with a terminator movie where they people are just going to throw their money at it because arnie's in it you know he's still bankable people will literally just go and pay a tenner to see arnold schwarzenegger on the big screen regardless of what he does in it and regardless of the quality of the film and i do think the film is going to be good with alan taylor directing it and the guy did the, the thor sequel which was like a fucking star wars movie set in you know viking mythology and, yeah oh man it was fucking incredible that yeah. and i think he's, he'll do a good job he's done some game of thrones stuff as well i think that was uh, a lot yeah. of his background so he, yeah this thing is like you said he, he's got some pedigree behind him so I, i've got some faith in that respect yeah. but, i agree yeah. yeah i mean just to talk about mads mickelson just briefly i've got a I mean, there's, there's a couple of guys I've got a huge crush on. Um, Timothy Oliphant's one of them, usually from Justified. I yeah. love him. I've said that before. Um, but Mads Mikkelsen as well. I mean, he's a... he's a, oh, Yeah, he's nice. He's, <laughs> he's, he's a man's yeah. man. I he mean, it, it, he's the best version of Hannibal Lecter there ever will be. Ever, ever. And no offence to Anthony Hopkins and Anthony Hopkins lovers, but if you've never seen the Hannibal TV show, he pisses on the role. He pisses on it and laughs. <laughs> because he he is he is a great actor and that foreign movie was in the hunt oh. where he's accused of being a paedophile is if anybody's never seen the hunt Mads oh, Mikkelsen that, that is fantastic what a film. movie that is really really it's good so tense and oh, and marvelous. you know when he boils over and everything you know it's like oh, it's it's a cracking film but then you know some of the other th films that you know um it's, it's a bit of a weird one but i like to be in valhalla rising as well that's that's brutal that film, yeah. Yeah, it is yeah and there's not much dialogue in that either not at all no. but i mean obviously he came to prominence with um casino royale you know yeah the chief but uh he's a great actor he really is. really good he actor um, but like you said, he, he's just got the kind of like magnetism about him. There's something about him, you know, that kind of draws you to him. Mm -hmm. 
He's a very he gets, sexy man. Let's he, get, he gets his arse out in the hunt as well. So. Yeah. yeah, and he sw- <laughs> and he tortures Daniel Craig's balls. It's <laughs> yeah. the most bizarre scene, isn't it? Look, it's like swinging a fucking lock on a bit of rope at his balls, yeah. and he's actually getting off on it a bit. What the yeah. fuck are they doing with James Bond? That's another conversation anyway. They're gaying him up. I love it. But, <laughs> yeah, but going back to trailers, I mean, it, it just ruined that movie, because I love Mickelson, and Tina's tried to get me to watch this film, and I've gone, I'll watch it, and as soon as I saw that film, there's no point now. And, I mean, I, I, I'll i be honest, I want to get excited. I think, like, I will watch a trailer for like Jurassic Park because I'm so excited. I almost want it to validate my enthusiasm in a way. I think that's the best way to put it. That it's Avatar was the best example of a trailer for me because I remember us all sitting around and putting the trailer for Avatar on. And I watched the trailer for Avatar thinking, this is James Cameron's opus is epic. And I watched it and I went, it looks like a cartoon. Yeah. And I was really underwhelmed. It's a great movie. I did enjoy it in when I watched it in the cinema, but... It's a weird thing with trailers now because I I agree with Dave now. I'm I'm coming over to your side, Dave. Good I, man, good man. I I agree with you. They're showing you way too much and they're ruining the experience when you, you you go into the cinema. You pay your money. I mean, we're gonna go and watch Jurassic Park on the brand new IMAX screen that's opening at our, our local Broughton shopping park. I'm so excited. I'm gonna have an IMAX screen. Oh, a me ten, too. I can't, like a twenty I can't minute drive from it. home. It, it's gonna be. Excellent. I can't wait. And I'm, my first IMAX is going to be Jurassic Jurassic Park. Um, what's it called? Jurassic World, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so excited for this. But I've seen... I can't help myself. I want to see the trailer to see, is it going to be good? And <laughs> I can't it? stop myself. I don't know a thing about it because I haven't, I've avoided all the trailers again. I've got no idea what's going to happen in it. But I'll come on, it, it's, it's going to have dinosaurs in it. <laughs> dinosaurs on an and IMAX Star-Lord. screen. That's enough for me. I'm in. I'll pay my money no matter what happens. Big dinosaurs and fucking Chris Pratt being yeah. a, being sexy bastards. That so. doesn't matter then. That's fine with me. I was telling you what, mate. It's going to be worth twenty quid a ticket from the trailer. It just looks absolutely <laughs> brilliant. It looks ridiculous. What I am going to do, I'm going to bring it back now. We started. I wasn't going to start on TV, but since we started talking about Sly and the Warburton's advert, or as he says in the advert, Warburton's advert. <laughs> um, and Chris, you, you've already mentioned, you did sort of uh, mention Game of Thrones. Mm. So I'm going, to, I'm going to keep it on television. And there's one television show that I do want to talk about. Um, and, you, and you can stick your Game of Thrones up your arse. Um <laughs> Oh, brutal. <laughs> you you can pack and deliver any way you want to your better call Saul. Oh, Dave, I'm going to fall Oof. out with you. Yeah, Oof. because why would you want to talk about those programs when, since we last recorded the, 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 the previous entertainment show, there was this, the magnificent, the spectacular television documentary that was called Nana Love... Fifty Shades of Granny. Oh, now, <laughs> Ramrod, I know you watched it. We were we were swapping, uh, we were swapping texts as we were watching it that night, the other month. Why? Why the fuck um, have you brought this up, Dave? Because <laughs> it's it's believe it or not, it's the only entry in my TV notes for this <laughs> for this episode. Everything else paled into insignificance. Um, 
Oh, mate, listen, like anybody listening now, if you follow my Instagram, ramroads underscore ghost, you will see a video I took that night as me and my good lady sat there aghast at an 85-year-old woman sucking a man off in the woods <laughs> while somebody rumbled them and they ran away. No, they didn't. That's the thing. They didn't run away. Well, no, he, he, he panicked. ran away. She and stayed she stayed there with he, her mouth he, open, didn't she? She wasn't phased by being caught just like blowing him off at all even th- and she, but let's get it right if you're sort of like an eight odd year old woman and you've got gang bang queen tattooed hey. across your nipples oh. you're not really going to bother about being caught with Chris, stuff like did that you s- have, you, have you seen this have you heard of this shit dave put that i think what you say the dave or tina put that video on um i think it was again instagram and it was of that woman who i can only describe if anybody watches or watched Coronation Street when Blanche was in it. <laughs> but, but a hundred times older than Blanche, um, come out and then start revealing her sexy underwear oh, yeah. and oh. her drooping flange, as you say. <laughs> well, mate. Jesus, honestly, Dave, I can't believe that... What? When you first and you said, "Oh, I've got to bring up TV," I was thinking, "What's going on here? Who's replaced Dave?" Dave, <laughs> Dave doesn't talk about TV, television. and obviously you do. But the, the weird selective, shit. Yeah, he's a secret TV lover, Dave. I mean, I, I love schlock TV. It's the only way you can refer to it as schlock TV because Channel Five is is just literally exploiting benefit class you know old people obese people it's it's fucking the next show they're going to do is the running man i can only imagine climbing for dollars and all that shit but when this came on i mean this this woman's poon must have been like a discarded (laughs) kebab on a sunday morning (laughs) i can't even imagine who's getting off on that but there's men out there god love them each to their own i'm a big advocate very liberal liberal you know do what you like mate if you like sticking your fingers in trees and you get off on it do it but there's something about an old really old woman i can't relate to well this is the thing or get hard for (laughs) more importantly the whole premise of the documentary was about like young men Mm. that like and it's not just older women it's old women it's not a mature lady it's not like a woman who's 49 she's had a couple of kids but she's still got it these are women who look like you know your gran you know (laughs) but the thing i mean anybody listening to this that listens to 80s picture house will well be aware of my oap hot (laughs) now ramrod this this was a series of texts that we swapped on that evening when the show was on i can't remember and yeah i I think I've blocked it out. <laughs> you were numbing your brain with alcohol, I think, that night. And I don't blame you, actually. With Nothing new. The sights that we saw. But if if you may remember, though, there's, there was a couple at the end that were probably, I think they were in the sort of mid-60s. There were, and there was one in particular that wasn't too bad that would have maybe possibly snuck into yeah. my OAP hot list. I mean, I remember what you're talking about now. I remember the bird you're talking about, mate. She was, she had it, she had it going on, I think. She was, I, I related her to Mary Steenburgen in Step Brothers, Ooh, where she's, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. still got it. I'm trying to find the text now to see what I wrote, because it's probably a drunken blur. <laughs> but <laughs> It was a while ago. You maybe not have it on your phone anymore. Yeah, but it was, 
I mean, it's one of them shows that it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't like saying this is a bad thing. It was like, just look at this section of society that these guys, and I, you know, I can relate to the women at their age getting a younger guy interested in them, you know, and these weren't like weirdos. They were like, you know, quite cocksure, you know, sexually active, young dating American guys and, you know, good for the women, you know, if they can get a, a nice young bit of dick. You know, good on them. <laughs> but it's the young guys that I've got a question. Were they subject to some bizarre abuse when they were young? What the fuck? Why are they, you know, banging the own kebab? And <laughs> not the Mary Steenburgen one. I mean, like, you know, that woman lifted up her top. What did it say on her tit? It, what it, was it? It was, was it a tattoo around her nipple. It was, it was um, gangbang queen. Who the fuck gets that tattooed on their tit when they're like 60-odd? 80-odd? 80-odd, even. Yeah, yeah. I think the... She didn't uh, even have to lift her top up to reveal a nipple. She lifted, like, the bottom of her skirt up to reveal a nipple. (laughs) She just pulled her trouser leg up. Yeah, that was it. It was down by her ankles. But the bottom line is here, Chris. Wow. Would would you? Oh, (laughs) God. How much money? A few, few thousand. Come on, mate. A couple hundred. (laughs) <laughs> oh, time's aren't that bad well bacon sandwich in the morning that'll be fine <laughs> she looked like a bacon so pussy look. I'm not going to say a wordy I'm going too Don't. far <laughs> but you talking about programs like this on channel 5 I mean they have all sorts don't they they have like blokes who've got tree bark for their skin and yes. stuff like that and yeah. I remember watching something when I first started going out with uh, Kay my wife and so this is kind of coming up to about 10 years ago and we'd, we'd, you know, watch it, and a mom would stay up and watch it with us. And it was called Cosmetic Surgery Live, and it was on Channel Five, and it had Vanessa Feltz pre- presenting it. And this was like stuff like they had, like you know, they showed operations like rhinoplasty, you know, breast enhancements, liposuction. There was even this one doctor who was giving himself liposuction. Oh my god! Uh, uh, that's just, I mean, and uh, you know, so I never th- knew things like. Um, Vaginal tightening existed, or um, <laughs> anal bleaching, you know. And I got all that from Cosmetic Surgery Live. So I mean, but the thing is, it was one of those shows that you kind of looked through, you looked at it through, you know, your kind of your hands and thought, "What the fuck am I watching?" But yeah, it, you looked through it one hand, didn't you? You had one <laughs> hand over your eyes. Anal bleaching. I remember that episode. She was really hot. I remember that episode. <laughs> I watched it with the same involvement you did, Chris. Yeah, with one hand free. Yeah. Educational is what these shows are. They're educational. <laughs> Gangbang Queen. Jesus wept. Say no more. There's your 60 Minutes with episode, Dave. There's your In Conversation with. Let's get her on. Yeah. yeah. There's the interview. Get the Gangbang Queen on. Yeah. <laughs> get her on. You'd probably ask her out for a date, though, wouldn't you? <laughs> shh, shh. He'd elope, Dave, would he? He found a 60-odd-year-old woman that was a gangbang. That was it. That would be the last ever episode, and then the podcast would just stop, and I would disappear. No one would ever know where I was anymore. (laughs) Until Jeremy Kyle, 10 years later. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was... I, I was I was going to start with a different subject, (laughs) apart from TV. How we got from Sly with Warburton's bread through to gangbang queens i've no idea but um i will open it up to both of you have either of you got any sort of television talk that you want to get out there before i go on to what i did want to start the show with 
I do. Ramrod, do you mind if I go? Well, I'm just looking through my notes and there's nothing that says television on them. It says <laughs> buy beer on the notes. <laughs> That's your shopping list. The fucking, yeah. I brought the wrong piece of paper, I think. Well, buy seen... beer and pay the bills. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing as you mentioned Better Call Saul, I will just talk about that very briefly. Uh, have you watched any of this, Ramrod? I know you loved uh, Breaking Bad, didn't you? Yeah, mate, I'm behind. I've just started Game of Thrones at the moment, season 20 or whatever on now. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm out of the loop, mate, I'm afraid. Okay, well, I won't say too much about it then, but I mean, it's obviously... Uh, uh, in Breaking Bad, the, there was a character called Saul. He was a bit of a shyster, kind of a lawyer, if you like. That's putting it kindly, you know. Just some of the, if you like, would facilitate sort of like dodgy deals. But he was a, you know, kind of one of these ambulance chaser type lawyers, if you like, and really tacky and everything. And this carries on about him. It's Bob Odenkirk, who's um, who gets all the plaudits and rightly so because he's brilliant. And this just tells a little bit more about him. And obviously, it, it's. The, the the brilliant thing about Breaking Bad, from my point of view, I know you're not a massive fan, Dave, and all that, but it, it's Vince Gilligan, you know, Peter Gould, the creators and writers and everything else. They're just they're genius, you know. They just what they've done again with this. I'm, I'm eight episodes in, so I've got two left. Um, it just fills a lot of the blanks in, but it's a story of it on its own. You know, you could uh, watch it without necessarily knowing a lot about Breaking Bad. It obviously would help because, you know, you, you get to see certain characters. But one of the characters, I will say, this isn't a spoiler, um, is that I think one of the stars of the show who deserves a bit of recognition is one of those character actors that you've seen him in loads of things. He's He's got over 150 acting credits, you know, but you... Um, wouldn't necessarily know his name or anything like that. He's one of those kind of characters, actors, if you know what I mean. Uh, it's Jonathan Banks, and he, he plays a guy called Mike Ehrman Trout, and um, he's brilliant. You know, he plays a tough guy kind of thing, you know, And but his performance in this just goes to another level. You know, he was great in um, Breaking Bad, but he's even better in this. Uh, it's fantastic. You know, he, he does a lot. You recognise him from uh, one of the henchmen bad guys in beverly hills cop um he appeared in airplane you know like i said if you look at his imdb you, you there's something that you've probably seen him in uh done a lot of tv work and all that kind of stuff he, he's uh he's great and i just wanted to sort of mention him a little bit because um yeah bob odenkirk like i say he will get a lot of the plaudits because he's brilliant but um i just i wanted to sort of mention this guy but the, the main tv show i wanted to talk about because i've been watching it is daredevil oh okay on Netflix, so this is a Netflix exclusive, and um, you know, there's a lot of that going around these days, isn't there? There's like Amazon doing their it's, own thing, and it's really sort of gaining traction, isn't it? The the streaming TV service yeah. with with Netflix, uh, Amazon Prime, and a few others. It's yeah, HBO, and yeah, yeah, it's it's it, it went from like traditional television, then it went to just like time shifting through DVR. And now it seems to be the main thing is like all these streaming services is, mm. is sort of you know the next big thing. Yeah, I mean obviously, uh, I think Breaking Bad was AMC, but you know that's on Netflix. That's going to be on other TV shows now. It's been on forever. But um, yeah, there's uh, House of Cards and stuff like that, and Vikings. I think that's an Amazon one. But um, anyway, so Daredevil. Now, just to get put a bit of context to it, I guess I'm not. I read comics every now and then, or graphic novels, because I want to. I don't want to sound like a little kid. Um, <laughs> but you know, I've got uh, graphic novels and comics. I mean, I'm particularly interested in um, 
Alan Moore and Frank Miller and stuff like that, you know, Sin City and uh, like the Batman stuff that they did, which I think is great. Um, but Frank Miller's done some Daredevil stuff as well. And uh, I'm reading at the moment, because of watching Daredevil, the TV show, The, the Man Without Fear, and I've, it's been a few years since I've read it, and it's it's great. You know, it's kind of like the origin of Daredevil, but it's Frank Miller's take on it. So it's gritty and it's dark and it's brutal and it's, you know, well written and all that kind of stuff but i mean have you either of you seen the ben affleck daredevil yes yeah i've seen that yeah definitely, definitely what do you guys think of that well i i mean i mean the character of matt murdoch i'm a big comic book geek and it's a very hard character to portray i think and affleck i mean rob bowman was making a blockbuster wasn't he? he he threw everything he could at it i didn't mind affleck i thought he played a good part but daredevil's a weird character to come across with this blind lawyer guy you know yeah i mean this the, i won't read the whole thing but the the um the, frank miller he, in 94 he got this on the insert of the the, the comic uh he sort of right wrote you know he starts off it's a wonder he isn't a villain you know he's got every excuse mm-hmm. to born to poverty a broken family childhood spent in a squalid slum you know, hounded and taunted by and beaten by bullies, and to top it all off, he's gets stuck struck in the face with uh, toxic waste. You know, and blinded, bullied, impoverished, surrounded by calamity. You know, so he's got all the hallmarks of being a bad guy. You know, he could quite mm. easily turn on the world and say, "Fuck you." You know, you know what what have you done for me lately, and all that sort of stuff. But so, I mean, from my point of view, Marvel then, and I know you're going to talk about Marvel now, talking about the Avengers, Age of Ultron later, but. They're two different beasts, you know. Back mm. then, they were kind of still finding their way with all they that sort were. of stuff. They hadn't you know. got the budget, had they? No, and they were kind of just like it was like uh, I liked. I mean, I, I like it. I watched it a few times, and the director's cut particularly. I think it just adds a bit more meat to the bones and all that mm. sort of stuff. Um, but I, I quite like it, and you could tell. I mean, Affleck's a big fan of Daredevil. Obviously, it's weird how these things go in cycles and circles. I mean, Ryan Reynolds, uh, he's done. Uh, what did he do? Uh, the Green um, Green Hornet, the Green, green Lantern, Green oh, Lantern. Green I was going to say it's it. not the Green Hornet, yeah, no. but Green Green Lantern. Uh, he did. Uh, he was in Wolverine Origins, wasn't he? As, oh, he's yeah. Deadpool, and he's going to be Deadpool. <laughs> you know, he's, so, he's Deadpool. And, and again, like, um, oh, the, sorry, okay. I'm too excited then. No, you're right, the guy who plays Captain America. You know, uh, Chris Chris oh, Evans was. Evans. Uh, he was Human uh, Torch, yeah. you know, and obviously now he's Captain America. And so uh, Affleck was Daredevil and now he's Batman. So it's it's weird how a lot of the same actors have done this kind of stuff, but yet they go on later on in their careers to, it's, you know... It is because... odd, isn't it? Because they wouldn't really recast somebody else as, you know, it, you know, when you think of like big movies and that, and, and, and to cast somebody in two different major roles, I think the last time it was like Harrison Ford as like Han Solo and Indiana Jones. Yeah. It's never happened really until superhero movies. It's really yeah. weird that. Very strange. But uh, yeah, so anyway, that's Daredevil then. So this is Daredevil now. TV show, so obviously they've got, it's 13 episodes long, so they've got more time to sort of like spend talking about the characters and introducing them and everything else. The guy who plays Matt Murdock is a guy called Charlie Cox, who I'll be perfectly honest with you, I've never heard of before. Um, he's um, He plays Murdock, and then he's got, like, it's it's a good ensemble cast. Um, you've got the glorious Deborah Ann Wall, I think that's very pronounced her surname, from True Blood. Uh, she was gorgeous in that, and I think she's great. I 
after falling in love with her. Um, and then there's um, a guy called Eldon Henson who plays Foggy Nelson. Vincent D'Onofrio, who's a fantastic actor, you know, and the, the, Bob Gunton. Uh, so th- there's a lot of sort of like surrounding cast. And the thing is with this is that, I mean, you, you'd think obviously what Marvel uh, stuff, there's a bit of violence, but it's comic violence. You don't see... Mm broken exposed bones you don't see people sticking their faces into spikes you don't see stuff like that but this you do and there's a fight in episode two which is like almost like one continuous shot down a hallway and it is one of it's like kind of old boy but you know it's fantastic you know i just watch that i was like on the edge of my seat it just seems to evoke sort of like a load of different it brings out so many different emotions watching it in as much as like you know you can like really kind of get into the characters and you can then um sort of feel the the violence and the aggression and everything and like you said uh ramrod that you know daredevil's not a nice guy you know he'll no. break somebody's fucking arm and he'll uh throw somebody off a building you know he, he doesn't want to kill people you know he, but he's not I suppose not as strict as Batman in that respect because he will maim people <laughs> if he needs to. Mm. And, and and so, but they've just captured the the sort of the essence of the, the comics and everything. Like I said, I'm not a massive, I'm a geek, but I'm not a massive geek when it comes to stuff like that. So somebody could rip me apart when it, but from my point of view, I think that they've done a brilliant job. You know, it's, um, it's really well done. You know, you can see that the money's up there and everything else. And it's one of those that I'm, you know, it's kind of taken me away from Better Call Saul because I want to watch this now, and uh, it's great. Really, is really good. You know, it's a fantastic show. Wow, it's it's taking you away from that. I know. Fair play. It's cracking. Absolutely. I've, I've been really excited to watch it. I haven't come across it yet because I've been catching up with Game of Thrones, but I'm a big, you know, comic book fan. I mean, I don't know if anybody saw my uh, Ryan Reynolds reply on Twitter the other oh, day. Oh yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm a, you know, I'm a bit, I'm a bit of a comic book geek, and uh, Deadpool is like, it's just fucking best comic book character in ages. It's ridiculous. I'm, I'm actually getting a two-hour tattoo of him done tomorrow. I'm just an insane Deadpool fan, and looking at uh, Daredevil coming out, I was, obviously, you know, the movie came out, it had a director's cut as well, and it it sank a little bit, because Marvel hadn't gathered its steam at that time, and there wasn't, you know, Batman kind of, like, fucking paved over every comic book movie, you couldn't, you couldn't get a better movie than Batman Returns. That was the thing, wasn't it? It's hard to imagine, you know, when DC was better than Marvel at the cinema. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, Batman reinvented movies anyway, didn't it? And you know, like Jaws reinvented the summer blockbuster. Batman reinvented the summer blockbuster, and yeah. everything changed after that. And but I've I've been quite intrigued by that. And it's funny you're saying about Frank Miller's uh, Daredevil as well, because I didn't know he'd ever done an origin story. Because like year one for Batman is like the oh, benchmark Batman one. book. Yeah. And if Frank Miller's behind Daredevil, I'm going to seek that shit out now because I need to read that. If it's he's making good. it dark, yeah, yeah he's... It, it is, yeah, very good. But so the cool. is, there's loads of these, like, uh, no, I mean, it's massive, isn't it? No, like the TV sort of, like, way that they're going around things is Gotham, which I started to watch. And the, after the first episode, I was like, you, you know, you, again, no spoiler, because how many times have you seen that alleyway and Bruce Wayne's parents getting shot? Yeah. And, and I'm like, I don't want to watch this again. I was like, and I know there's more to it than that, you know, because that then goes into sort of like, you know, 
James Gordon before he became commissioner, and he's a cop on the street, and that all all that kind of stuff. And it's about the, the origins of these characters and all that sort of stuff. But I just thought, oh, I don't know if I could be bothered. I was started watching a um, Marvel. Uh, what's it called? The Agents of Shield. Mm. Didn't get into that. Thought oh, this is a bit too much again. It's like Agent Carter, which I've heard good things about, but I haven't really watched. Um, the Flash and Arrow don't interest me, if I'm being honest with you. But so, but this is one that I'd heard a few you know, on Twitter and stuff. There's a load of buzz about it, but then what? Actually, watching it, it is yeah. Like it's, I was shocked by the level of violence in it. It's it's spot on. And talking about trailers, there, there was obviously the Batman versus Superman one, which um, dropped as well. Did you manage to steer yourself away from that, or did you watch it, <laughs> nope. I've watched it about a fucking million times. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean that's this year. I mean, is it, is it weird as well? Does it, does it seem to me like last year for blockbusters, it was a bit barren. There weren't that many. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy is the one that stands out, but this year, fuck, you know. Yeah. We are very spoiled. I mean, one of my best mates, we talk a lot on Facebook and that, and we've said it's a real special year for old school geeking because we've got, like, obviously Avengers is already out. Then we've got Mad Max. We've got, you know, Batman, Superman, Star Wars, Jurassic Park. It's just a crazy year for, like, blockbusters. And there's a lot of hate these days. You get a lot of purists that go, I'm sick of these superhero movies. They're just pe- fucking taking over cinema. But they're, they're awesome. <laughs> They are really well made, they're well written, and they're entertaining when I go and watch a film. And it's the same when I watch a TV show. I want to be entertained. If it wanes off halfway through series two, I'll stop watching the whole thing. You've lost me. That's the problem these days. But uh, yeah, that Batman Superman trailer was... uh, It was Ben Affleck's growl. I was most worried about (laughs) how is he going to do Batman? And And they've done something with his voice which makes it sound... oh. Hang on, he sounds really cool. I'm down. They've recreated the comic perfectly. Looks like he's got a kryptonite-laced fight suit to kick Superman's ass. I'm in. I'm sold. It looks dark. I love Zack Snyder. I think he's a great director. Fucking bring it on. In IMAX 3D, throw it all over me. Yes. I know, Dave, you're going to come at it from a slightly different point of view later on, I think, perhaps... Yeah, I'm yeah. preempting what you're saying to say, so I shouldn't do that. <laughs> there is, yeah. When we get to the movie chat, there's, yeah, I've got a few things to say, but yeah, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. Other than that, I've, that well. those are the TV shows I've been watching. Um, okay. That's that's good. keeping me busy. Nice. Well, I, I will move this on to what I was going to start the podcast off with with uh, with video game chat. And I've got a few that I want to go through, and I'll whip through them as quickly as I can before passing it over to you two. Um, the first one that I'm going to start with is uh, a game that I mentioned, I think it was in the last entertainment show we did, uh, Infamous Second Son. Ooh. I finished it. I've completed it. Yay! Yay! I've completed a game. Oh, um, <laughs> now, <laughs> any any regular listeners will may well remember that I was waxing lyrical about this and it, it continued to be it, it just enthralled me and entertained me until the end and this this is when I'm going to I'm going to reference something I think it it could well be on the maybe the very first entertainment show that we did when I talked about Shadows of Mordor and fucking boss battles <laughs> Now, Infamous Second Son, it, it, I, I was, just, I just loved every second of it. it. It was one of those games. It clicked with me, you know. It's, 
depending on who you are and what games you enjoy, there's certain games that will just click with you and, and it immerses you into that world and you enjoy every single second of it. And I was in that I was in that mode with this game until it got to the very end of it and a boss battle appeared. And I was fighting and fighting. I thought, oh shit, here we go. And I killed him, and it was like, yay! And then he's alive again, and all of a sudden you realise you've got to kill him three times. So, it may get to the third time, you've killed him twice, it gets to the third time, you die! You go back to the start. You've got to kill him another three times. And you think, oh, fuck! So eventually, I got through it, I killed the boss three times, thinking, yes, game, done. That was alright. Oh, no, here's another boss that you've got to kill three times. And so it continued, and eventually you kill him three times. And another boss appears that you've got to kill three times. I was so close to not only throwing my PS4 controller through the window, I wanted to stamp on it, I wanted to burn it, I wanted to do anything to it, I wanted to smash the television up. And it was like, oh, it took me so long. Even now, just thinking about it, I don't know why I persevered until I actually got through all the different boss levels to complete this game. Uh, but I did. I did it. I'm glad I did it. But it's one of those... It's it's probably my main gripe with video games, and I'm going to put it to both of you now, is... And it's a two-parter, really. It's boss battles and difficulty spikes in games, which really piss you off. Over to you. <laughs> oh, okay. I think Dara O'Brien said it. I think it was him who said it kind of, if it was him, best. That, you know, you don't pick up a book and then kind of, I know it's a different medium, but, but it's like, you know, you don't pick up a book and say, right, you have to do this before you can turn the page, you know. Yeah. And it's and uh, so I can see where you're coming from, that it's like, um, yes, but a bad boss game can ruin games you know where it can be so fr- I mean, there's a it's i don't think it's a boss battle but there's a bit in that game where you're sort of like it's lava type stuff but it's i don't think it's quite lava and you're jumping from pillar to pillar to pillar yeah and then you're fighting different monsters and yeah, it's that's, like that's, that's it, mate. yeah that's one bit at the end too yeah. that seems to drag on for fucking ever and it and it can be uh, just a chore and sometimes you think oh god but then i mean i won't go into massive amounts of detail but then there's a game you know like, games like bloodborne which i've been playing and that has boss battles but they're epic you know and they are challenging and they are tough and they will make you rip your hair out and kind of think why am i doing this and why am i putting myself through this it's like you know i'm not even denting this guy's health but he's destroying me you know but that sense of achievement that feeling when you actually do beat them and you think yeah fuck you you know (laughs) (laughs) you know but that that for me that's uh, i i don't it depends on how it's done i suppose is the answer i'd give you if it's if it feels like if it's totally bullshit and unfair um then it can fuck itself but you know there, there are certain games where i think you do need a challenge you know you do need but difficulty spikes again and not not to call you a pussy or anything Dave but <laughs> you know I, I, again it's one of those that if you do play games I mean you're old school you've played games for years you know you've played games that are stupidly hard you know on the spectrum yeah. and all everything but you know it's kind of like well if you do play games like 
I don't like to keep going to say because people call me a Dark Souls wanker and all that shit. But <laughs> you play games of that sort of difficulty and everything, you kind of almost get used to it a little bit. I suppose it's when it's unfairly done that's the thing where it starts to piss you off. I don't know what do you think, Ramrod? Well, I mean, my, I mean, boss battles. I'm shit hot at games. That's the problem with me. <laughs> I can smell a weakness on the underbelly from a mile away. Yeah, I mean, the hardest boss battles I can relate to are probably like R-Type. I'm going way back with games there because now, like like Res Evil and stuff like that, when you get the big ones or the Evil Within, you just fucking shoot the shit out of him. Marvel vs. Capcom 3 is a game I constantly go back to because I'm addicted to that game. And you, you get to fight um, Galactus at the end, and he's the, literally half the fucking screen, and you're tiny. How are you supposed to beat him? Smash him in the face. You know, you can give me your boss battles all day long. I'll just destroy him. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm more upset with games when I've got to push something in a certain way and go back and push a button and all that shit, back and forth, alien isolation. Press this button, get on a tram, go back, press another button. Oh, I, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Put an alien in front of me, I'll smash its brains in. <laughs> I am the king of the boss battle. <laughs> I've, ne- I've, I've never really um, had the boss battle thing, really, because I don't know, really. It's weird, because every time something massive's presented to me, I'll go, it's his face, it's his eye, it's his foot. It's something like that. I, I love a boss battle, me. Bring them on. There is, there is a there is a time though, and everybody listening to this, you will reach this moment. Trust me, at some point in your life, when your hand-eye coordination just doesn't sync up like it used to. Now you'll be you'll be playing a game like you used to, and you'll be thinking, "I need to hit him there," and you'll go to move your thumb, and where it used to be a split second, your thumb would move, and it seems like half an hour later, your thumb may move slowly and do it. And I think. I, I know it's, it may be a cliche, but I think as you get older, I think oh, here we go. Twitch, Twitch, game, Twitch gaming becomes more difficult. Twitch gaming. You sound yeah. like you're ready for Cocoon Three, Dave. <laughs> fucking hell! What is going on? Listen, but there's a big monster. He's got a fucking head. Shoot him in his head. But it just That's gets it. stupid. I was loving it, and it just got stupidly more difficult. It the. It just ramped up at an insane level, which wasn't enjoyable. And it spoiled the end of it. I mean, looking back now, I'll go, yeah, okay, so Infamous Second Son, it was all right. I finished it. It was a good game. If it wasn't for that mad, stupid boss battle after boss battle, mad (laughs) difficulty level ending to it, I would wax lyrical about it a lot more. And and but there's been so many games that's been like that and has spoilt it for me. And going back to like Shadows of Mordor, it pissed me off so much that I traded in the game. There was another map that I didn't even open. <gasps> there was Dave. a whole there was a whole new section, and I was loving the game. But the, but because of this stupid fucking boss battle, there's this whole new section I never saw. And I thought, well, fuck you then. I'm going to trade you in. I'm going I'm to get a game that I'm going to enjoy more. And it's I, right. I, just, I did it. Because games, video games are supposed to be for entertainment and yeah. relaxation, surely. 
something like that you've come in you've you know you've done a hard day's work whatever you want to do you get in you want to unwind you a drink of whatever you want to drink sit down for an hour or whatever you know maybe you know as you get older you find your gaming time just goes smaller and smaller and smaller which makes it even more frustrating because it's it's your gaming time is so precious you want you you want to make it worth it you want to make it worthwhile and then you hit something like that that just pisses you off and just seems to just like piss in your face constantly and it was just like no i've got no time for this i don't want to do this so i'm going to sell you I'm going to get something else. Oh. Now, I mean, I'm not saying... I'm not <laughs> saying... ranty fucking bastard. I know. I could just imagine <laughs> you, you ho- holding the box of the game box in front of... You, I, fuck, you fuck, you bastard. I oh, you're going back sure. to the shop, you I did. are. I nearly I'll give st- you a damn good thrashing. I stamped on it twice. You can see You can see my footprint on it as I stamped on the fucker. Oh. And it was just like... <laughs> you can't. You yeah. know what I mean? It's... For me, I mean, maybe <laughs> the, the people's different. People's opinion may be different, but for me, I want to. I want to enjoy my video game in time. I don't want to sit there for like. I may get like two hours a week if I'm lucky, and I don't want to spend those two hours replaying and replaying the same fucking boss battle well, that's to him, pissing me off. Dave, all drop the, time. the fucking difficulty level and stop. I did. It was on fucking bad. easy. I dropped bad it to easy, and it was like. Give me I, a ring, I'll come up and I've do it been, before. I've you been playing, playing, playing video, video, video since they started. I'm not that bad, surely. <laughs> it was still beating me. Oh. You're going to have a heart attack, Dave. I calm am. Down. I'm going to move it. I'm going to move it on. Have you heard him, Chris? Jesus, calm down. <laughs> I, I, wow. <laughs> Take a pill. <laughs> I'm going to move it. I'm going to move it on. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to stay with him video game. I'm going to move oh. it on to something a little bit more relaxing now. Whew. Deep breath. Masturbation. Time. Yes. <laughs> hey, if they're winding you up that much, these games, go upstairs, get on your fucking Wi-Fi, put some casting couch on, no. and look at some really thick American 19-year-old. <laughs> get humiliated, and it'll calm you right down, mate. Put the latest Warburton's advert on. And there you go. Down. Let's yeah. bring it back now. Yeah. Relaxation. Yes, here we go. I want to talk about two video games um, that go old school um, with couch co-op play yeah now the first one i'm going to talk about is involves both of you actually um chris you and me we played it online multiplayer Mm. ramrod um i introduced you to this game and we had a good we had a good evening sat side by side on the couch playing pure pool oh now i remember the evening you came around and at that point i have got fifa 14 now that i'm not going to talk about in this episode but i will do in a future one um and we're on about like some sort of two-player couch co-op gaming and so on i said i've I've, I've got nothing i said all i've got is pure pool and we put that on um now like i said you and me have played it online chris i I played it online with, with with ben as well had a great time with that and i love pool but Ramrod, um, I'm, I'm just going to hand it over to you for a minute. What what was your experience like that first time you played Pure Pool? I mean, I love a game of pool. I love knocking the balls around and all that. But we, we sat there and I, I've played them before. I remember having Jimmy White's, you know, whatever it was called, Will Wilm yes. or whatever, yeah. wasn't it, on the PlayStation. And, you know, I had a little go on it, but it was quite short-lived because the games like this, you know, and it's a sports game, you know, sports you know, snooker is a sport, pool is a sport. It's only best enjoyed 
competitively against someone you know. And whether you're in a bowling alley, whether you're in the pub, whether you're on a console, and it's so brilliantly recreated. There was I couldn't pick a flaw with this game. It's like a perfectly made, you know, simulator, I suppose, is the best way to do it. Because you even get the the noises of the bar in the background. And, mm. you know, you see people in the distance over and, you know, playing another game. And it had that lovely little touch to it. But, oh, God, talk about addictive. It was like heroin video gaming. <laughs> One more game. One more game. And Dave, you know, he's pretty good on it because he knows the angles. You fucking cheat at the end of the day, Davis. <laughs> he gets up six in the morning and plays this shit. And then he goes, oh, I found this game. Come round and have a game, Ramrod. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll have a game with you. And he's like, I can win. <laughs> so we really enjoyed it. I mean, we went back and forth for ages on it, didn't we? But... I, th- I think that the key to it is keeping it nice and simple. This yeah. is why Crossy Road, games like Flicky on the Mega Drive, w- work so well because they're nice and simple and they're addictive. They're, it was a perfect video game. And, and like I say, with sports games, it's only best enjoy playing a friend, playing a buddy, playing someone you know that you can go, fuck off, I've beat you. I've beat you. Best of three. Let's keep going. It was great. You know, we didn't need to go out. We could stay in. And the good thing about staying in is I can sit next to Dave and be very close to him and smell him. <laughs> <laughs> he can punch him in the arm as well if uh, he, he beats you. Yeah. Oh, I'd, I'd break his arm if I punched his oh. arm, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. There is. The, I mean, this is the thing we brought it up now. I much prefer... You know, we're in this digital age now and we've got the, all the online gaming and voice chat and so on. But even now, I mean, Pure Pool and the game that I'm going to talk about in a minute, you ca- for me personally, you cannot beat co-op or competitive couch gaming. It's There's just something about a person or persons sat in the same room of you and gaming and cheering on the same thing or you're, you're taking the piss out of them because you've beat them. It's, it's just something about that that is just magical still uh, and and cannot be beaten which leads me on to the next game um, which is Chris you wrote a fantastic review about this on our website Ooh. and I, I will hold my hand up and and say thank you very much it was your review that led me to buy this game uh, unfortunately I bought this game at, at seven o'clock one evening only to wake up the next morning uh, and to read the PlayStation blog which announced that it was going to be the next PSN Plus free uh, ga- free yeah. game. And I yeah. thought, you fucking bastards. <laughs> <laughs> if only I'd waited another 12 hours. Um, but uh, on reflection, I I don't mind. I'm glad I paid for it, actually, because it was well worth every penny. And that's a game called Never Alone, which is um, a 2D platformer. Um, if you want to know more, I'm not going to go into detail about it because all you have to do is go to our website, which I'll give you the details at the end of the show, and read Chris's great review, and then you'll know all about it. Um, but what I want to say about this is this has been um, a couch co-op game, and myself and Tina, we're, we're really close to the end of it now. I think we've got like maybe one section to go before we complete the game. Um, but as far as couch co-op gaming goes, uh, we will complete this uh, within this week or so. Mm. The previous time that I completed a game from start to finish on couch co-op was 
with you, Ramrod. And that's when we mm. played Halo 3, Halo 3 on legendary difficulty. Wow. All those years ago. And we oh, took mate. we took like weeks doing this and it was it's still now when you look back, I mean, you know, I've got video game history dating back to the seventies. And in all honesty, my, my video game memories, this is top five of me and you completing Halo 3 on Legendary, even though it took us so long and we had so many sessions on it and we had such a fucking blast playing it, didn't we? Oh, it was. I mean, I remember coming around and we played it intermittently and got through chunks of it, like hours worth of play. But it was so immersive, and we we really had to rely on each other. Yeah. You do this, I do that. It's like playing heist on GTA. Your role, your role. But it was it, nothing's touched it since. We haven't had that since we played we Kane haven't. and Lynch two through, yeah. didn't we? And yeah, we did. Nothing touched Halo. It was fucking right on that game, man. Yeah, it was brilliant. And and this, this is just like superb that you know the the atmosphere it is and, and you got it bang on it on um, your review Chris it's uh, you know it's it graphically it's lovely I love the the story of it with the Inuit um, natives that tell the story of what's going on uh, living way up there and you think holy shit you know how can you live in that environment and it gives you all the background to it. There's some frustrating gameplay bits to it that you pointed out as well, isn't there? That's yeah. that can piss you off. I mean, I know you've you completed it, didn't you? But you played it in single player. I did, yeah, because you play as a um, little Inuit girl and um, you meet an Arctic fox quite quickly, and it's um, it reminiscent of Limbo, which I mentioned in, like you say, referenced in the in the review, whatever. And but um, it's a beautiful little game. It really is. The frustration for me didn't take away from what the overall packages and, and what I took away in terms of what I learnt and all that sort of stuff. But um, I can't not talk about Halo 3 because, I mean, that's that was when I kind of I'd got my 360. I don't know how long I'd had it, maybe a year or so after that. And that was an event day. That was one of those days that will live long in the memory that myself and my friend Wayne, we, we played it online, so we were in separate locations and everything. And that feeling of taking out these scarabs uh, and it's like you're in a war I mean you get in like the tanks and you are going charging head on into <laughs> into these this army of um, the Covenant and the um, oh, what the parasite dudes called you know all that sort of stuff And but then it's like the, you know you'd be flying in a pelican I'd be piloting it he'd be hanging off the side of the of this flight you know this flying machine land on top of um, a scarab Go inside. I'll be circling, strafing around, taking out enemies. <laughs> he'll be taking out the dudes. Hit the self-destruct button. I'll pick him up. On you know, he'll jump on the side of the pelican. We'll fly off, and we'll pan the camera around to the background and just watch this fucker blow up. Oh. There's, there's <laughs> nothing that can top that feeling, though. No, and definitely, that, that's when it gets online gaming. You know, gets it, it right. You know, and and that's just that was a special game for me. Um, I've got the Master Chief Collection, but I haven't played it. I mean, I've re- I, when I did a remaster of Halo, we played that together. And again, doing Halo 3 on Legendary, it, it is literally inching forward. Oh, you God, know, definitely, you know, isn't it? Yeah, you've got to be patient with it. You go forward a little bit, I'll cover you. I'll you. I'll go forward, you go forward. And it's kind of just, it is, because you, you can obviously, when you die, you can, you know, you if, sort of, if you're not being attacked, you can generally just sort of like pop up where the, the survivor is and all that sort of stuff. But it's a fantastic game. Um, yeah, brilliant. 
brilliant. But Never Alone is is a beautiful game as well. But um, it is it can be frustrating. I, I don't deny that, you know. So. It is, yeah. I mean, there's, there's certain sec- I, I don't think you ever feel sort of cheated with it, but there's sections where you, there's that sort of insta death, which happens yes. in like the, you know the likes of Limbo, etc., isn't there? Yeah. But it's worth checking out. I mean, the thing is, it's still, well, probably by the time people listen to this, it might not be PlayStation Plus. I think it might probably still will be, actually, because they normally do the PlayStation Plus uh, new games at the beginning of the month. So I think people still have a chance to download this. I mean, even if you try it, you know, um, that's a question, you know, maybe a topic in itself at some stage, you know, in terms of PlayStation Plus, because it can put a lot of people off. You think, oh, I really want to play this game. But then you think, well, in about three months time, it'll be free. You know, well, not free, but, you know, it's part of your subscription to download as free to a certain extent. So should I wait or should I actually buy it now? I mean, I'm glad I, I bought it because I feel like I'm giving some money back to the developers who made this game and this experience, you know, so it, I don't have an issue with that particularly plus you know there's that age old well although it's digital i still it's mine if you like i i'm not kind of you know do you know what i mean yeah yeah i know exactly what you mean it's like it has um, i was the next morning when it was announced as a ps plus game a little bit pissed off oh yeah i can understand that yeah. but then because we sat like a few evenings later playing it and i love the game so much and we thought we I don't, you know, I do, I don't mind paying money for it, but it has made me a little bit hesitant on buying future games w- because it's now in the back of my mind thinking, could this be the next PS Plus game and it could be free? So, yeah, it's maybe just a little bit hesitant, maybe with with future games. So, yeah, you're a bunch of mercenaries, aren't you? You just get anything for fucking free. <laughs> no. We <laughs> We want yeah. it for free. That's I it. want this game free. This is the game where you're like a a, a little Eskimo and, a, and yeah. a husky, isn't it? Yeah, a little fox. It looks absolutely. I just saw looks, the, the looks first beautiful. picture. It does look beautiful. Yeah, of him and the dog, and I went, "Oh fuck, my heart's breaking. I want to play it." Yeah, it looks beautiful. Is uh, what do you? What's the dynamic like where you when you play it with two players? But what does the dog do? Well, you've you've both got like um, individual abilities that you can do. So you've, if you're playing it one player, I should one, imagine one can run and jump, and one can lick his own balls. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how it works? And we all know which one's sold. the best ability, don't we? Yeah, it's uh, sold. Yeah, you don't have to say no more, Dave. I'll buy the game, and I I'll should, be the dog. <laughs> I should imagine it it would be a little bit more frustrating playing it a single player and having to swap. Um, Can you lick the dog's nice. balls in it? <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Does he have a moment where he's like, I, you know, I can't do it, help me, and it's like a button basher where you have to keep banging A to lick the balls. Lick yeah, them. And, and lick he, them. Does, he does that thing where he drags his arse along the floor. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favourite dog thing ever. I love that. I love when dogs do that. They go, I don't give a fuck, my ass is itching. <laughs> <laughs> dogs are so funny. It looks sweet. This game. It looks yeah. like it looks like a really cute version of Limbo, and I'd love it to is. have a go it on this. It is like that, and I, so we've probably got I don't know, maybe ten minutes to play in it, and we will complete it before um, the next episode that we record. But it's it's been good. Tiny little frustrating moments, but but they do not outweigh you know the the joy that we've got from the game. It's worth every penny, and I'm I'm I am glad I did pay for it because. Um, it's it's been worth everything. 
So this is the glorious world of independent, you know, game makers yeah. coming back into the, 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 you know, as we saw in that amazing documentary, we spoke about um, how independent gaming is becoming yeah. more popular again. Because, course, yeah. you know, this is why Chris's reviews are, are so brilliant and nostalgic and also make me want to play i love retro games i love platform games i you know i love modern gaming and you know how spectacular it is but i just want something where i jump and pick something up (laughs) and i miss that shit and these games now are so great um i mean if we're still talking about games now i want to i want to fucking scythe straight through your independent bollocks with some some gaming shit me and chris can probably talk about for a bit yeah, go on. Go on then. Go on. I've got, uh, I've got a few others. I, I will delve into a few. I've got th- four others, but go on. Oh, fucking you and your four games. Hang on. Yeah, yeah. I thought you said you only get two hours a fucking week to play. He's right. fucking liar, mate. You've got about 20 games you it's talk been, about. It's been about six weeks since we last recorded an entertainment show. He says he long. goes to work every day. He's, putting a, <laughs> he's like Michael Douglas in Falling Down. He's just going to the arcade. <laughs> <laughs> lying to his family what he's doing every day. No, no, we're gonna go. We're gonna go big budget Capcom. Ooh, we're gonna go on. ridiculously stunning graphics and hugely awesome gameplay. And it's, it's literally the day Chris said he was playing this game. I went out and I bought it because I've had it on my radar for a while. And what a treat this game is! Mm. And it's Devil May Cry. And it's not Devil May Cry 6 or 7 or 8. It's just like a DMC. reboot. Yeah. Whoa, man. Give me my big sword and my dual pistols and put Combi Christ over the top of any action scene and I am away. This game is just fucking so much fun. It's ridiculous. And it's adult as well. There's swearing in it. There's bloody bare ass in the first two minutes of it. <laughs> It's ridiculous, and there's big monsters, and there's combos like you play in a Street Fighter Alpha, and oh, well, Capcom can do no wrong. They keep consistently making old school arcade games, but they look like next generation games. And Devil May Cry has just like captivated me because I don't buy a lot of new games, as though you know, like Battlefield Hardline came out, and I said, "Oh, I really want to get Battlefield." Not had the chance, but Devil May Cry, I think, cost me seven quid. And it's just excellent. The graphics on it are awesome. The soundtrack is amazing. Because I'm a big Combi Christ fan anyway. It's like industrial dance goth music. Fucking get some of that in your ears. It's brilliant. But this game, Chris, talk about it. It's Yeah, I've, I've finished it. Because um, this came out in 2013 on the... 360 PS3 and whatever, and uh, they've done it like a definitive edition, I guess, if you want to call that. They've, it's it's kind of money for old rope in some ways, in and I've got a bit, of, uh, I've got views on all that sort of stuff, but you know whatever. So I've been playing it on the PS4. Um, but by all accounts, it's a an amazing looking game. You know, PS3 and 360. Um, it, it's it's just a pure game, and that's that sounds stupid, but it's like. There's so much fun to be had with this game, and you can take it to whatever level you want to. Yes, that it can be a little bit complicated, you know, because it kind of gives you new things to learn. It gives you new weapons to unlock. There's um, moves you can unlock. There's uh, upgrades for your weapons. You, you know, you can play through this game a good, probably three or four times before you unlock everything. But it's like 
I wanted to kind of give a shout out to the the people who made it, which is Ninja Theory, which I mean, they never really seem to catch a break, uh, you know, because this game, particularly DMC, when they got to, when when it was notified that they were going to do it, for me, uh, Ninja Theory are up there with Platinum, you know, Platinum who do Bayonetta and um, and games like that, you know, kind of they've got such polish to sort of like the games that they make, but they're kind of still niche to a certain degree or not as you know kind of um they're well thought of well regarded sort of like critically but commercially i'm not sure that games do as well as they probably should do um you know so but ninja theory did uh heavenly sword which was um a ps3 i don't know if it was a launch game but i think that was hampered it was a bit hamstrung because they showed off like cg trailers of it and they people ex- because it was a new console people just thought fuck this game is going to look immense and then you know it's got andy circus in it you know doing mocap and what he does best you know and all that kind of stuff visual performances uh but through sort of like the the animation side of things and and that's a great story you know really good game that's similar in as much as like you know it's kind of combo based and all that. then they did enslaved Odyssey to the odyssey to the west which i think sold about three copies and you know that is such a crying shame because i've played that, that through twice as well i love that game it's a beautiful game yeah. it really is take it's a it's a sort of modern telling of the, the monkey story and, and everything you've got trip um and your monkey and again andy circus phenomenal you know phenomenal stuff with that it's a beautiful game really is and then you've got dmc so when they got announced to doing that i think great they've got some pedigree and everything else however when they revealed what dante or dante was going to look like people lost their shit and <laughs> and, and to such a degree and i love video games you know i do i, lo- I love the whole medium i love it I, I genuinely do i think i'll always love it till the day i die but there's a side of it, a dark side of gaming, and I suppose it seems to be more prevalent with gaming than it is with other entertainment, you know, forms of entertainment. And people sent death threats to the developers, you know, because of the way that they were changing Dante, you know, from because the original Dante is like kind of like a silver grey haired type of dude. Um, and and make no mistake, these games story wise are pure fantasy and, and fucking ridiculous to be honest with you, but at the same time, they're entertaining. So why people would go to such lengths is just beyond me. Their new project, which is going to be a PS4 and PC game, is called Hellblade, which suggests it's a, like a sequel to Heavenly Swords, you know, Heavenly Sword, Hellblade. Yeah. Um, so that, again, there's a lot of interest around that, but they never seem to be able to catch a break, you know, because they make such good games and such polished games. And to back up what you're saying about this, DMC, it's one of those games... I want to play it again. The boss battles in this, you were talking about boss battles earlier on, Dave, are stupidly crazy and and, and awesome at the same time. Uh, see, I always want to say something, but I don't want to spoil it. In terms of one of the boss battles, it's just mental, you know, and it really is such a great game. Honestly, it's one, like you said, you can pick it up for seven quid. Go out and get this game. If you're into sort of like your action games, that intro where Dante, I, mean, I think Dante, this Dante is a really good character he's smart he's sort of like sarcastic you know he doesn't give a fuck at the end of the day (laughs) and his introduction to the game he's shagging these women and then um he gets attacked by a big fuck off demon and it's like his trailer gets mashed up but then it goes into slow-mo and it's like him flying through the air slow-mo and he's getting his 
he's getting dressed. You know, he's he's sliding into <laughs> his <laughs> jeans. It is good. Yeah, that is a good scene. Fucking hell! I'm like, what a way to start a game. But these guys, they've got some skills. I mean, like I say, Ninja Theory, they're just they're up there with platinum for me. They they've made the Vanquish. That was another platinum game. Just crazy, stupidly good fun, like arcade sort of good fun. Um, but. I just hope that they catch a, a break. They obviously, carry, you know, they carry on. There's yeah. still people trust what they can do because otherwise they wouldn't be making another big budget game like Hellblade. But um, it's such a shame that this game didn't do better than I think they expected. I think it's probably sold about 1.5 million copies, which is a lot. But in today's grand, the grand scheme of things, it's not. But it's such a well-regarded game. It really is. Um, I just, you know, and that's why I bang on about it because I want people to play it. It's great. Yeah, it's, how, how far it's, have you got, uh, Ramon? Uh, fuck me, man. I mean, I only got as far as. Do you know what? It's a blue. That's drinking for you. That is Chris right there. <laughs> I played it into uh, past some mansion where there's staircases. I only got it like uh, a week or two ago. Okay. Um, so I've had a couple of boss battles and that, and I've got I've got my big axe and all that going on, but it's it. It's it's a it's a thrill. It's really good. I mean, like a British developer like that, and like you say, you know, they they're underappreciated. I, I I've read recently that they're going to do mobile gaming as well, and they're going to develop stuff for um, mobile phones as well, like a an app game. I think what was it called? Fight Back or something like that. It looks like a final fight with weapons. They're going to do something like that. But it's 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 good because they almost like do an Evil Dead 2 with it, where they take the original Devil May Cry and parody it. Yeah. Don't they? And they, it's like there's the bit where the, like the, the grey wig lands on his head and he goes, no, I don't fucking think so. And he throws it away and he keeps it really cool. It's 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 the best of the Devil May Cry easily. I think so, yeah. It's great. And there's a bit where, I mean, like you know, as you would, he, he, go, he goes up to a boss and the boss is being all demonic and giving him shit and stuff. And like, you know, he'll, I'm going to fucking eat you. And he just goes, ah, oh, fuck you. You know, yeah. that's what you'd do, wouldn't you? You would say, oh, <laughs> oh, I'm going to take you and vanquish you, you bastard or whatever. He's, oh, fuck you. I'm going to fuck you up. And that's it. That's his character. But it's great. You know, it's, yeah. uh, he's really good. And um, it's a cracking game. Just like I say, it's like mainlining adrenaline. It's just pure fun. You know, yeah, it's great. Game. Brilliant. Yeah. Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blast through the last few that I want to talk about and then hand it over to you for the any other remaining video game stuff. But I've been doing some episodic gaming, which um, I will say it's it's quite fortuitous because um, lately Game Burst has had a great episode all about episodic gaming as well. Um, and that other show that you do, Chris, has mentioned <laughs> episodic gaming. <laughs> you, you know that one? That uh, one that we show... I'll not mention. Yeah, oh, the, I bet the, it's, the, uh, the show that shall not be named. The, the, <laughs> the one, the one that you signed the contract for to, to never mention the name of, is, no. uh, as mentioned, episode of gaming with those two of the bellens that again we won't mention. No, can, can never be mentioned <laughs> on on fear of you being fired from this show. The, yeah. you know that show whose website we aspire to be as good as. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> It's. I've been playing. I'm. I'm not going to go into detail about it. I'm. I'm going to wait until I finish all of these. But I have been playing. I'm now up to date with Game of Thrones, um, Tales from the Borderland, and I have got. And I'm up to date now with Life is Strange as well. 
Ooh. Yeah, so I'm, I am going to wait until we get to the end of those, and, and I'll go a bit more in, in depth into them. But yeah, interesting stuff. Some interesting stuff to talk about in the future with those, but I just thought I'd bring that up. Um, as I will very quickly, um, I've played, I don't play, with the Call of Duty games, I play them, I may be one of the few people that play them single player and don't touch online. And I have played and completed every single Call of Duty game up to Black Ops 2. Now, I saw my son the other weekend and he gave me Black Ops 2 to play so I could go through the single player campaign. It, it just pissed me off. It's, I think I, I'm done now with Call of Duty. It <gasps> would, yeah, I, I tried to get into it. It was just a succession of shoot, 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 shoot. And I just got bored with it and turned it off. I had about an hour and a half on it and it was doing nothing for me whatsoever, which in all honesty, I was a bit pissed off about because I've, I've enjoyed every single Call of Duty campaign. And I know I'm in the minority just playing the single player part of it as opposed to the multiplayer, but I th this was the tipping point for me. Now I just got pissed off with it and I've got no interest now in Call of Duty games. And I know, Chris, you've mentioned on the other show that you do um, the latest Call of Duty game and you've got good things to say about that, haven't you? Yeah, well, you, Ramrod, you played it and finished it as well. You, yeah, also. You enjoyed game. it. I would say don't give up on it necessarily yet because I mean Advanced Warfare was a cracking story Kevin Spacey being Kevin Spacey you know um, but that that's a good you know that that kind of reinvigorated it a little bit for me I, I've got to be honest I mean Black Ops 2 I remember barely anything from that story Black Ops 1 on the other hand because that was more you were sort of like um, uh, it was like kind of you were in the Vietnam War and a little bit and if I remember rightly I'm sure you were with Black Ops but they've just announced, obviously, Black Ops 3. That's going to be the next Call of Duty because yeah. they're going to sort of, like, I guess, you know, uh, have different franchises now because they've obviously got Modern Warfare, they've got um, Black Ops, and then they've got Advanced Warfare, I guess. I, I just want them to do a World War Two one on the PS4. You yeah, know. oh, I would love that too. You know, that go back to a, sort of, like, back basics a little bit. Cause, um, but, yeah, Black Ops 2, totally unmemorable for me but yeah. did you finish it in the end then or did you get to it the end of it me no I, I played an hour and a half and that was I just I didn't even I played it on the um, 360 I didn't even get one achievement on it that's how far I got oh. um, and it does I mean it it does lead into when we get onto the movie chat in this episode it that there is some sort of balance between this and the movie chat that I'm going to bring up which is I don't know it's it just sort of happened within a few days of each other and made me sort of reflect on stuff. And we'll, we'll get to it when we get to the movie stuff. But no, I, I'm unless somebody convince me to go beyond Black Ops 2 with a single-player campaign with Call of Duty, I'm sort of done with that now. Advanced Warfare's worth trying. I do honestly, genuinely think it's it's worth playing. I think yeah. you possibly agree agree with me, uh, Ramrod. Yeah. It's it is a good story. It, well, it's a good story. It's it's a decent story, but it's, um, you know, it's again Kevin Spacey, but it's kind of, 
it's there's some thrilling set pieces in it, you know. Um, but that's the thing with those games. It is, you know, what you know what you're going to get is move forward, it's shoot, you yeah. know, bit of dialogue, bit of exposition, bit of story, move forward, shoot. That's that's it. But you know, so yeah, you know what you're going to get really. Don't you? But, yeah, well, you do. There's one bit. That, the the one bit that that really finished me off was it, it was oh god, it was on a boat, and there was all the like machine gun boats attacking you. And the only way you could do it was you had to go from one side of the the boat you were on to the other, and you had to do it in a specific order. And unless you, if you didn't do it in that order, they would mount your boat and kill you. And it's just, it just pissed me off, mm. and I couldn't be doing with it. It was, it was just, there wasn't, it was relentless. And I, I, I don't want that anymore. I want something different. <laughs> I just don't want relentless shoot, 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 shoot. So yeah, I gave up on it. Um, which leads me to the final two, which I'll go through quickly. Um, I downloaded, this is one of only two digital purchases of main games that I've made on the PS4. Uh, I did buy Borderlands, the Handsome Collection. It was in a special offer and I got some um, credit on my PS4. I started playing the pre-sequel. I couldn't get into it. Mm. And I thought, oh shit, because I played Borderlands 1 on the 360. Loved it. And did virtually everything on it. I spent hundreds of hours on it and, and just devoured everything to do with it. And so I thought, playing the pre, I thought I'll play the pre-sequel first. Didn't like it, and I thought, oh shit, shit, should I have bought this? So then I started Borderlands Two. Oh wow, this has got me in its grasp. I absolutely fucking love this. I'm so far into it now and it, I'm just loving everything about it. I'm doing every side mission. I'm opening every little box that I can find. I'm comparing every gun that I get and upgrading them. Um, this is one that's going to give me a lot of gameplay and well worth every penny and I think because when I go through this, that will then uh, translate into the pre-sequel which I think I'll get more out of having completed Borderlands 2. So, uh, Chris, have you played Borderlands? Either, any of them? Similar to you, finished Borderlands 1 on 360, played a bit of Borderlands 2, but didn't really get into it on the PS3. Um, but funnily enough, played Borderlands 2 on the Vita, which y- you get all the DLC. and I mean, you know, it does judder along a little bit on the Vita, as you'd imagine, but it's still a really playable game, and you can play on online you know, with, an, with a friend if you want to. Um, because I think, you know... This is the thing again. Something else that pisses me off about video games. It's all this bullshit digital foundry bollocks. You know, how many frames does it run at? You know, sixty frames a second. Is it ten eighty p? All this bullshit. You know, but because the thing is, they've got Borderlands Two on the PlayStation Vita. You know, and you can take it away with you and play it. You can even transfer your save to the PS3 version if you wanted to, which is fantastic. You know, yeah. but um, I'll be honest with you, Dave. Borderlands, I've lost a bit of love for it. I'm not really that interested in it, but um, if you say it's good, I mean, I'll probably pick it up when it's cheap, to be yeah. honest with you. It is good. It is. It, it's totally engaged me. It's one of those, it's one of the few games that has totally engaged me, so I'm, I'm looking forward to... I will complete it, and I'll, I'll say more about it when I complete it, which leads me on to a game that I teased about oh, wow, a couple of months ago now on these entertainment shows, um, European Truck Simulator 2. Hey. Yay! I did. I finally had, I had a three-hour session on it a couple of weekends ago. Uh, I'm not going to go into too much depth about it now. I'm waiting until I've, I've done more. This... I think I said it when I first mentioned it, and I'm going to say it now. I think this could well be my game of the year. 
it, this is a balls deep game. I'm just, I'm loving every inch of this, which is ridiculous. If you'd have told me that when I download, the only reason I downloaded this is I got the special edition of it for something, a ridiculous price of like seven pounds. So I'm sat here, I was sat here the other weekend um, in the room I'm in now, in front of my Mac, candle on, bottle of wine. I, I've got my DualShock 4 synced to my iMac. I'm playing it. And it's just one of those, it's a zen game. It's just totally relaxing. And there's, there's so much depth to it. There's so many things that make you laugh about it. There's so many things you've got to think about it. I cannot recommend this game highly enough. And as we go on in later months with these shows, I will explain more about it. But just for now, I'm just going to say it's going to take a big game for, th for anything to beat this as my game of the year once we get to the the end of 2015 I take it there's no boss battles <laughs> thank fuck there's no big like Optimus Prime that appears and you've got to beat it because I would be so pissed off but no so there's no like you know um, oh god what's the Spielberg film shit Duel Duel yeah there's no duel type trucks no. sort of stalking you or no or like maximum overdrive scenario oh. where you've got to attack people in a cafe no oh, maybe it'd be one... far better wouldn't it let's be fucking honest <laughs> yeah. maybe that could be DLC you never know what was <laughs> but... that other one week where it was uh, was it called candy something and um, that that's the character like they take the piss out of this this tax uh, this truck driver um, and he's actually the guy who oh god. Uh, what Bill? What's it from? Um, Silence of the Lambs. The actor who plays him, he's the voice who does it. You never actually see his face, but that's similar to Jewel. Um, and and oh, Joyride wasn't it? Joyride. They, yeah, with Paul, Paul Walker. Walker. There you yeah. go. That's similar to that. That's. Have you seen that, Dave? No, I don't think I've seen that. Dave, it's you've a... got it on DVD. It's called Roadkill in America. Oh, I have got it. Actually, got a different name in America. Yeah, I yeah. have seen it. I watched it. Ooh, last year. That's a good film. Yes. Steve Zahn as well. Yes. That's the one. Yeah. on the highways. Great fucking film. Yeah, yeah, I do remember it now. But no, that, that's one to keep an eye on. I will talk about it later in the year, but yeah, recommended already. I'm like about five hours into it, total play, but yeah, it's got it's got major hooks into me. Nice. Yeah. So, Ramrod, video Ooh. games, anything? Do you want to elaborate on before we move on to... Well, uh... DMC's been my big game and I've, I've been playing a Marvel vs. Capcom 3. I mean, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, let's just put it out there, is, for me, probably my favourite ever video game ever. It's got those old-school Capcom cartoon graphics. It's got the the best unlockable shit you can get because every time you win a fight, you get another new thing. But I've been playing um, 3 on the 360, it's just brilliant. It's just, you, you know, you pick your three fights. Anybody who's never played it, you, you start off and you can pick Ryu, you can pick, you know, Akuma, or you can pick Doctor Doom or Deadpool, you know, and you go in a three-on-three -three against other fighters, and it's just pure gaming. Like DMC, it's Capcom again. They know what to do. They know what to give you, and it's fucking excellent gaming i've just been hammering through that and trying to unlock as many new characters as i can but at the moment that is been my thing it's just i'm just capcom gay at the moment <laughs> <laughs> proper gaming nice yeah no 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 hard boss battles dave so you really enjoy it mate that's all right that's good as long as there's no boss battles that's all that matters to me 
No, no boss battles, good, mate. Good. Chris, what about you, mate? Oh, I mean, I could spend an hour talking about Bloodborne, but I won't. Um, <laughs> I could, I, we but... should say, let's get this out of the way. We, we will give you a pass, mate, because you do talk quite eloquently about Bloodborne. And for any new listeners that may not be aware, just give them a little taste of the other show that you do. Just the, We the may as well. Show. Yes. Okay. I, um, shall I mention it or? Come on, we'll give you a pass. Just don't leave ever, them hanging. Just no, you can mention them now. Just don't ever mention them ever again. Yes. Well, I do do a. Generally speaking, it's um, weekly, but uh, as and when we do it, you know. Uh, I mean, we've done 121 shows now. Uh, the video game show. It's called the Same Coin, and um, there's two other knobheads I do it with. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a, a little Greek boy called Dits. <laughs> Uh, he's quite hairy, as you can imagine, because he's Greek. Um, and then there's a little knobhead called Ben, who Ben Ford. No, and and I do dearly love them. You know, they're they're too. I've, I, this is the thing, right? I never knew them up until the point we started doing the show three years ago. And this is I, that was my first ever podcast. Never done one before. And then to sort of like do that, and it's just like we've kind of similar to this. You know, obviously I've I've known, spoken to you for for ages now, Dave, since you've been doing at his picture house and you know ramrod a little bit and. It's just like you hit it off with certain people and we hit it off, you know, we've got a, from my opinion, and I listen back to every episode, even though I'm there recording it, like the same with this, I'll listen back to it, you know, even if I edit the shows and everything else, I listen back to them and uh, I laugh, even though I was there laughing <laughs> when we recorded it, you know, and you know what I mean? And, and, and I, if I think it's a good show and I'm critical of myself, you know, as you know, Dave, when I have anxiety about my reviews and stuff like that, I'm critical. So if I think it's good, it's not just me blowing my trumpet, you know, as much as I'd love to. Um, but it, it, it's a it's a great show it, from my point of view, and, and we just literally talk about bollocks and <laughs> video games for sort of generally two and a half to three hours. But then we do the movie show as well. Ben and I do that, which is um, usually a bit more monthly or six weekly, depending on when we get around to doing it. But that's a bit of a spin-off show. So in all in told, we've probably done about 140 shows, yeah. which I think's phenomenal. I mean, it's you know, again, similar to you, Dave, it's it's an achievement. You've done 80s pictures, now you're doing this, um, and now you've got your mar- married with children um, spin-off on the horizon. You know, it's like it's it's a lot of work. You know, it's a lot of uh, time and effort and work that goes into this stuff. It is, yeah. And I've listened. I'll give a, a personal recommendation. I've listened to the same coin. Uh, I've listened to every one since episode one. You know that includes your video game ones and your movie ones. Uh, I've got ten minutes to go on the latest same coin uh, video game one as we speak now. Uh, and they are, you know, if if you if you need any news about video games, if you want um, just general chat, if you want to laugh, um, if you want to listen to world class flatulence. Um, I, would, I would recommend the same, the same coin. Um, maybe we should also mention um, that, that your fellow co-host on the same coin, uh, Mr. Ford, has got the world's largest uh, genitalia. He is renowned for saying that as well. So, yeah, it, you know, it's all pluses to listen to it. Yeah, he'd like to think so. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, no, they, they are, they're, it's a... It's a you know, I always looked at it as my Monday night, you know, so if you do people don't want to listen to it, then brilliant. But uh, that's great. So yeah. they have been getting a bit pissy lately, sort of like, oh, you do say that with the show that I'm on. But this is the thing, right, that 
I, I, you know, I like to piss them off. So when I'm on that show, I'll say, oh, I'm doing this for 60 minutes with, but obviously when I'm on this show, I don't fucking mention them because they're knobheads. <laughs> so, I, but, must, uh, I must say that, that, that both Ben uh, and Dits uh, over recent same coin episodes i've had good things to say about 60 minutes with so they uh, i will take this opportunity to, to thank them both so that's so. very that's very nice of them thank you very much so yes. yes but um quick recommendation because i know this is gonna this show is gonna be a long one as usual but um <laughs> assassin's creed for black flag again you can probably pick that up for 10 quid you know on ps4 xbox one probably even less on 360 and uh, PS3, phenomenal game. I hadn't played an Assassin's Creed. Similar to you with Call of Duty, Dave. I got fatigued with it. I loved Two and Brotherhood. I think Brotherhood. I mean, Two was just fantastic. I played that from start to finish. Forty hours, collected and did everything. Loved it. Um, Ezio was a brilliant character. And then did Brotherhood, and then it became like a yearly thing. And I was just like, God, oh, I can't be doing this anymore. Um, but then everybody says how good Black Flag is. Uh, because it's essentially you're a pirate. It's a pirate game. You get to control these galleons, these ships, and you can plunder other ships, and you can have sea battles with them. Um, it's got all the normal Assassin's Creed stuff, as you'd imagine. They've refined it, obviously, a bit more since the, the so two and three and everything else. But it's it's such a thrilling game. It really is. When you when you're on the seas, you climb to the top of the mast, you know, the bird's nest and everything. Or crow's nest, is it? Bird's nest, crow's nest, whatever. Crow's nest, uh, yeah. You know, you jump off into the sea, the waves are crashing against the sort of side of your boat, uh your ship and you you know, then you sort of like your your crew are singing shanties, you know, which you can find. It's brilliant. Yeah. Two's always been my favourite up to now. Oh, two's fantastic. Yeah, I think Brotherhood was the last one I, I got sort of deep into. Yeah, 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 so. yeah. I may have to give this uh, another play. I think I, I started it. I seem to remember I started it when I first got the PS4. Got pissed off with it and just traded it in. But yeah, from what you've said and um, from what I listened to you saying on the latest same coin, I may have to sort of reget it. Now it's cheap again and uh, give it another blast. Yeah, it's one of those. I mean, it's, it it probably takes about an hour and a half. For you, for two hours for it to open up before you actually get control of a ship. Um, so, but when you do, it's like open world, go wherever you want. Yeah. If you want to get to an island, skin some animals, you know, kill some people, you know. And the character Kenway, he's he's a great character as well because he's a bit of a rogue. He doesn't give a fuck, you know. He's not one of these Templar assassins. He's just um, he's actually impersonating one of them. And but he's 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 kind of getting pissed up, and you know, he's actually. Uh, this is no um, link to it, I guess, but he's actually Welsh as well. I mean, how many, <laughs> how many, <laughs> how many games do you have a Welsh lead character? And uh, so it's. Oh, I guess you'd like you know you. I think you dig that Ramrod because of oh sort of like yes, the, the inflection in his voice. You know, when he's calling somebody a prick and telling you know calling somebody a tosser and all this that and the other. And he's quite fruity dialogue, you know, but it's proper old school. Ah, go on bollocks, you fucking <laughs> landlubber. <laughs> I've been recommended the game before as well. Me and the sisters well into a video game. She said, it's you'd really love it. You get to be a pirate and all this. But now we, I know he's Welsh. And on St. George's Day today, <laughs> where, you know, if anybody around the world doesn't know, there's a load of bollocks about this St. George that slayed a dragon. Did he fuck slay a dragon? <laughs> it would have immolated him as soon as it saw him. That's besides the point, but it sounds magnificent. Mm. 
Very good. Have we got any more video game chat? No. 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 Right. I'm going to move it on because there's a few movies. I'm going to blast through these quickly before moving on to both of you again. Um, at time of recording, we're on the 23rd of April, which is the day when Avengers Age of Ultron hits the UK cinemas. And I was lucky enough um, two days ago to go to the Northwest premiere of it, um, IMAX 3D. Um, all well and good, two hours, 20 minutes, which went by in what seemed like less than an hour, in all honesty. It went by really quickly. Um, no spoilers, don't worry, listeners, you're not going to have to skip past any of this. There will be no spoilers whatsoever. Uh, what I am going to say is there were some great one-liners, there were some good performances, um, there was some good... The, the, the characters that have, have been created um, in the in the previous movies, Avengers movies, and the you know the single movies, the Thor ones, Iron Man, Hulk, etc., um, the the characters progress and and evolve. But and here's the big but. Oh. I now am becoming so jaded with these Hollywood blockbusters that just seem to be mostly uh, an excuse for one hugely expensive CGI action sequence after another. And now, don't get me wrong, it's seeing any film on an IMAX is amazing because it's just, you don't watch the film, you're in the film. The sound, you don't listen to the sound, you feel the sound in it. And I'm on record as I'm not a big fan of 3D. It doesn't immerse me in it. In fact, it has the opposite effect. It takes me out of it. It just gives sort of lineated layer after layer after layer. And you, I, I don't know if it's just me, if I wear glasses or not, but I can only really sort of concentrate on one layer at a time. It doesn't add depth. It just sort of draws me out of it. I would much rather watch a 2D version of it. But this whole big and it's especially marvel i'm afraid superhero cgi fest is really getting chewing gum for the eyes which is all right in short bursts and then another burst happens and another one and another one and despite the little bit of character progression and oh that was a funny one-liner it's Oh, well, here's another CGI action sequence that probably costs like $30 million. And I can only really concentrate on one bit of it because there's so much going on on screen at the moment. And I don't know if it's an age thing or what, but I'm pretty sure that at some point in the future, this bubble is going to burst. And that, that this whole... And it's not just limited to superhero films. This whole massive... Um, CGI spectacle blockbuster. I mean, let's get it right. The the whole summer blockbuster started way back in the mid seventies with Jaws, uh, which didn't have CGI. It had a really crappy practical effect shark called Bruce, um, and it's gone on from then. And we've carried on with these summer blockbusters. But I I found personally. I much prefer films, and we talked about it, I mean, I talked about, I brought it up in an earlier entertainment show when I talked about 71, um, which starred Jack O'Connell, and he's, if, if if you like that, if you've seen it and you enjoyed it, Watch Starred Up. I watched Unbroken recently. I've, I've still got like about 10 minutes of that to watch. Um, 
and there's there's three films which start the same guy and they're they're films that have got heart they've got story they make you emotionally involved in them they're not startups not got any cg 71 a couple of maybe little shots with the guns and broken's got a couple of little cg shots involving like aircraft crashing and so on but mostly it's it's all about the story it's all about the character it's all about you caring for what's happening on screen as opposed to going holy fuck look that's a building exploding and falling down and a monster running up it and so on and so forth so I would I would recommend people go to watch it because you're you're going to enjoy it, but don't expect any sort of meat to it if you understand what I mean. Do do you both get what I'm getting at with that? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'm not really thrilled to watch this new Avengers because being a big comic book fan, we were kind of spoiled with the first movie, Josh Whedon like blew his load basically and he made a great superhero film but it's almost like the studio's gone do it again we need more money to finance another fucking spider-man reboot and mm. um, you know james spader's ultron was the biggest draw for me but james spader's not in the movie is he it's just a cgi robot isn't it yeah and that's a that's that really if james spader was a character in the film i'd be going now that's good casting he's a great actor let's get him in there in a prosthetic suit because ultron is just a fucking humanoid robot at the end of the day why can't they just put him in a prosthetic and have him act the role and when i've seen that he's all cgi it's kind of made me go mm. yeah you know and i've seen the honk have a fight with every Avenger and every comic book going, I've seen the Honk have a fight with Wolverine, with Deadpool, and with fucking every with himself. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, you put it on film. It, it was good the first time. It was, I mean, it was genius. The script that he did in the first one was brilliant, and it was a perfect comic book homage to what you're used to seeing in the comic book panels. And they, they, they've all, it feels like they've almost forced Joss Whedon to do it again, yeah. but on a bigger scale. I will watch it. I'm very, you know, oh, I'm yeah. excited. I, yeah. I, I would encourage you to watch it. Yeah, I would do. But I'm not... Um, I, I Yeah, I agree with you in a way, because, I mean, look at Fast and the Furious 7. I mean, when the Fast and the Furious came out, it was a good movie, but it was a, it was a rip-off of Point Break. Yeah. You know, whether you like it or not, it's Point Break with Cars. And the sequel was okay. The third one I thought was... A, uh, it's my favourite one, Tokyo Drift, because it's nothing to do with being a thief or a criminal. It's about driving cars, which I thought that's what it was about. And then the sequels after that were, let's be honest, awesome. As soon as The Rock came into it <laughs> and they turned it into WrestleMania with cars, uh, those sequels, like 4 was... A very biz- you know, it's it's an underrated movie. I think it's a good crime thriller, but five, six were just fucking awesome, bonkers yeah. popcorn movies. Oh, yeah. And I love I love a film by, you know, Vim Vendors. But you stick me in front of Fast and Furious Six, I'm having the greatest time ever. Now, number seven's just made what over a billion dollars oh, yeah. worldwide. Yeah. It's it's the it's fastest been... one, isn't it, to reach a billion? Look at that! It's and it's crazy, and you know, and and, and R.I.P. to Paul Walker. There's been a lot of hate for him online and everything. It's a really tragic thing. Oh, mate! Honest to God, on Facebook, so many people have gone to see Fast and Furious Seven and gone. It was a really 
you know, like a bittersweet movie and a really nice send-off for Paul Walker. And people have gone, who gives a fuck about Paul Walker? He was shit. And I'm thinking, he was, a, he was a person. He was doing a job. And he, he died in a really unfortunate, sudden way. You know, at the, the height of his career, like Brandon Lee, like Heath Ledger. But just because he wasn't a amazing actor like Jack Nicholson... People can rip the piss out of his death. I mean, the fucking online community with shit like this pisses me off because that's somebody's brother, somebody's son, somebody's uncle, Father. you know. He's, I mean, he's a dad. There you he? go. He kids. was a dad. Say no more about it. But, you know, and, and if it's a good send-off for him, brilliant, because that's how this guy got famous, isn't it? The Fast and Furious movies. And he was great in them, and they're really good, well-made movies. And that movie has made a lot of money based on that fact, which is, you know, again bittersweet in a way because it's made more money than maybe it would have because of his untimely death i mean i i don't know if i'm you know encroaching on something that's probably nothing to do with it but maybe you know because he's passed away like the crow you know oh batman um the dark knight yeah there's something in that i do agree. yeah yeah, it, it, there's a hold it higher. yeah, yeah, yeah. they hold it a little bit higher because of the tragedy surrounding it but you know i cannot wait to see this unfortunately i missed it in the cinema fast seven but it's going to be brilliant. But with Avengers, I'm like, normally I'd have ran to the cinema to see it. But based on every trailer, you know, there's been, six, again, 6,000 trailers for it. And I know pretty much everything that's going to happen in it. I know the whole picking up Thor's hammer scene and all that. And that should be something that's held back as a treat for comic book fans. That the fact that nobody can pick up his hammer and maybe Captain America's strong enough to pick it up. You know, you shouldn't know these things. And it's put me off going to the cinema and paying the money to watch it. It's, mm. I don't know, it's weird. But I, I agree with what you say. Like, if you're watching a big spectacle on the big screen, yeah, it's stunning. Like, what, again, going back to watching Blade Runner, I've seen it a hundred times. Watching it on the big screen was like watching it for the first time. It was. Oh, yeah, definitely. It was incredible. The sound, you know, the picture. It was Ridley Scott's final cut. It was the, the only way to watch Blade Runner. But I suppose something with the Avengers, I'll, I'll just wait for Blu-ray. I yeah. really will. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, from my point of view, I'm kind of. I mean, I'm going to watch it tomorrow. I'm going to IMAX, um, and I'm looking forward to it. And I'm excited. And the thing is, when I watch Transform- uh, Transformers, fucking hell, that's a Freudian slip. You <laughs> would love Transformers. I was going to mention that. I'm going to mention that. <laughs> you second. love it. Oh god. Um, that's one film that's ga- that gave me a headache when I watched. Not the first one necessarily. I think the first one's all right. It's got some good yeah. moments in it. I know it's it's. But then they shit the bed with the second and third and fourth. I haven't seen the fourth one because I just lost the will to live with it all. But I think then that's the point I was going to make is that there's there's blockbusters and there's blockbusters. And I think when you're just spunking all your money at the screen like with that kind of Transformers level of just CG when it is just and now we're not you know there's shitloads of CG. I think. The difference between that and, say, these Marvel... I do think at some point the bubble is going to burst, but they're such big business, it's unreal, you know. But And they've got a plan for the next, what, five, ten years, what they, oh, they, yeah. they want to do. You know, and there they've acquired Spider-Man, for God's sake. you know. But that, I agree with you again that with that whole, how many times do you want to reboot that, for God's sake, you know. I mean, the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, I think he's great, you know. But then thought... Toby Maguire, that was like 10 years before, you know, do you really keep want to reboot in this character, you know, how many times can you do it, but that's a problem for for um, I think a lot of the Marvel films, and I'm reading Total Film and Empire, it's the final third, the final act it's a CGI uh, you know, 
battle or yeah. that's what it boils down to essentially that's the sort of the end you know you got iron man when he has that mashup with um uh what's the other dude just uh fucking i forgot his name you know in the in the suit and it's like you know it, it kind of like you, you do become a bit desensitized to it you know avengers that huge battle don't get me wrong i was like fist pumping when i was watching that in the cinema because it's like you know you got the hulk doing all these kind of stuff and you've yeah. got hawkeye firing his arrows and all it's brilliant you know it's what he said that was the first time i'd seen a battle of that scale thinking mm. this is amazing you know and then uh, but it just the guardians of the galaxy the, the end space battle is good but i think it's because you've got all the lead up to it and everything else beforehand that you kind of that's what you buy into and, and all that sort of stuff but that's kind of that's what happens with these films and it, it leads up to a big final battle um but saying that i mean i love the lord of the rings uh trilogy but then i felt there's cg in that but there's a lot of practical stuff as well and mm-hmm. but with the hobbit I've, i haven't seen the new one and and again i think it's just diminishing returns you know once you've seen it once you kind of like there is that thing for them saying like do it do it like what you did before, but do it better or do it bigger, you know, and and that's just sequels, I guess, to a certain extent. But it does sort of like I felt like there was so much CG in the Hobbit movies that it didn't feel like a real film. If you know, I know they did that whole thing with it being sort of, you know, was it twenty fourth? No, how many frames a second was it that they did that whole thing? Oh, it was fifty, wasn't it? Yeah. Anything, you know what I mean? But anyway, so but it just it do, I do get where you, you're coming from, but. There is, like I said, the. I mean, what Mad Max we mentioned loads of times already. That's going to have loads of practical effects in it because I mean, it's George Miller, is it the director of that? I mean, that's just what he does. It's practical stuff. It's actually cars getting totaled, you know, and it's not loads of CG, and because that that's what happens in those films. But yeah, I'm kind of on the fence with it a little bit. I can, I'm not as against it, or I'm sort of leaning away from it because, well, you know, it's just. Yeah. I think with like with the change of directors, I think with Marvel it's weird because like with Joss Whedon, you know you're going to get quality with the first movie, and then yeah. he's done the next one, so you think, oh, it's Joss Whedon, let's stick with it. But if you look at like Captain America, now I I wasn't a, a huge fan of the first one. I think it's a very well made film, yeah. but it's a popcorn film in that it's sort of Marvel empty. formula. But the fucking sequel to it, oh. Jesus Christ, was like the fuck. It was like the it was like Goodfellas. With superheroes, it's such a brilliant action movie. And I think with these sequels, like the Thor sequel, even though it was heavy CGI again, but the writing was different. It wasn't playing to like a... I didn't feel like it was playing to a mass audience. It was almost like, you know, like with comic books, they do like an offshoot graphic novel or like a six-issue side story about something and they'll get like a special writer in to do it. And like Thor The Dark World felt like that, like it was like, all right, you've got Thor, but here you go, fans. Here's a proper Thor movie. And it's like with Captain America, the sequel. What the hell was the title of it, Dave? Winter What's Soldier. The... Winter Soldier. Winter yeah. Soldier. Yeah, great. And, you know, I, I, and I don't think I watched the first Captain America more than, like, twice. But the yeah. sequel, I couldn't believe what I was watching. It was such a heavy, like, adult, like a blokey, big balls action movie. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's such a great film. But again... You know, it doesn't get mentioned enough because it feels like an offshoot. It's like, well, you've got Captain America, let's just, you know, carry on. Yeah, let's make a few more quid. But these directors and writers are really so engrossed in the, the, 
the material they've got. They're making these excellent movies, and it's a shame that they're not so consistent as that because, like, maybe if Joss Whedon didn't do Avengers, Age of Ultron, maybe if somebody else had come in and done it, like Paul Verhoeven again. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a, you've got another movie there on again. I mean, look at look at the Star Wars trilogy, the original trilogy. George Lucas made his movie. Irving Kirshner came in and they got um, Leigh Brackett to write. I and mean, she's a classic Hollywood writer, and she made the greatest Star Wars movie ever, and Empire Strikes Back. And then David Lynch was going to direct Return of the Fucking Jedi. Yeah. I mean, what kind of movie would we had? I mean, I love Return. It's my fa- personal favorite is Jedi, but this is what I mean when they get different directors in with a different vision you maybe have a different movie and maybe with avengers 2 if they'd have got somebody else in you know you might have had something mm. a bit more interesting yeah i think that's what what you know with james good i mean you know uh, you got to look at his his career i mean he's made some cracking films like slither he's fantastic you know and um super i mean that's just bizarre I mean, yeah. the guy what... started in trauma movies for yeah, God's there sake. you go but he's injected his sort of like history and his own personal touch to it and I, don't get me wrong Whedon's great you know but it's like it was almost like I don't use the word punk version of a Marvel film but it kind of felt a little bit different to your standard Marvel mm. movie you know but again that finished off with a massive space battle and, and everything else but you know who gives a shit it's got Star-Lord in it you know <laughs> yeah and it's Groot. such a great film it was Groot's so great right, you know yeah so it will yeah. be interesting to see like I said at the start of how long is it going to be before this sort of bubble bursts? You know, is it going to be next year, the year after? Because, you know, make no mistake, this bubble will burst at some point and there's going to be some sort of backlash against it and people will become sort of jaded with watching these types of films. Everything's cyclical within, you know, cinema and everything, isn't it? So things are going to come around and and go around again. It's just how long it takes. But, you know, if you're into these type of films, enjoy it while it lasts, is, yeah, is, is what I can say. Um, there's a couple of ones I'm going to bring up quickly. Um, one that I watched, that I enjoyed, um, was called Robot Overlords. Uh, and this was from director John Wright. He directed, and if you've not seen this, he directed the fantastic Grabbers. Uh, in, in all honesty, Grabbers is better than Robot Overlords. Easily better. Isn't it? It is better. Yeah. But Robot Overlords, it's... Uh, you could almost call it a tween film. It's sort of in the vein of, like, Hunger Games movies and Maze Runner and all those. It, it is more sort of lent towards that kind of audience, but I did get a lot from it. I thought there was some great performances from it. I love the story. It's kind of cheesy. Um, but if it's it's one of those, again... You don't have to think too much about it. You can sit back for an hour and a half, have a beer, get from it what you want, and you're not going to be disappointed. I would say so. I quite enjoyed it. Um, but that, that that's not the main thing. I'm going to finish my movie talk with two films which are all about men. It's men. It's men being men. It's, it's, it's movies where just even sitting back and watching them, your testosterone levels will just go through the fucking roof. Um, and both of these, Ramrod, I watched them both with you, mate. Um, and I'm going to lump them both together. I'll say a few words and pass it over to you. And then you, Chris, I'm, 
I don't think you've seen either of those, but please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, the first one, I mean, I, I did wax lyrical earlier on in these entertainment shows about Lone Survivor, and that's mm -hmm. and that's one. If you've not seen that, that instantly went into my all-time top ten films. So please, if you're if you're a new listener and you've not watched Lone Survivor, go and watch it now because it's fucking amazing. Um, so I went around to yours, didn't I, Ramrod? And um, you said, right, okay, you like the Lone Survivor? In fact, you bought it me, mate, didn't you, as a present at uh, Christmas? I'm uh, so good. You are. You're very nice. Um, <laughs> and then you, you said, right, I've got this. You need to watch it. Um, and but the difference with this is. It stars Navy SEALs, proper, real Navy Hell SEALs, yeah. as themselves. It's not actors, it's proper Navy SEALs. And the film's called Act of Valor. Now, you'd think, okay, these are not actors, and okay, there's, there's a few times within the movie you can tell they're not actors. But, holy shit, they do a good enough bloody job, don't they, mate? They're quite convincing. I mean, obviously, they've lived the part. They don't have to act it. They've lived it, and they're just portraying their everyday life. And it's one of those, it's it's heartbreaking, it's inspiring, it's, if you're a man watching this, you just want to watch it, and then you would, I defy you to want to do push-ups while you're watching it. It's one of those, yes! I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm going to do push-ups, and then I, I'm I'm just going to run down the street naked. It's one of those, <laughs> which is an everyday occurrence with you, mate, isn't it? Whenever we watch, we we can watch. Well, we you can know. watch any film, and you just run down the street naked. But it, this enforces that feeling more than anything. But it is. It's it's fucking amazing. I loved this, mate. Do you want to say anything about it? it? Yeah, I mean, I, I only stumbled across it. I'd heard about its release a while ago with real-life Navy Sealers playing these parts, and I don't know, it's a flag-waving fucking movie about the Marines. And, yeah, it is a flag-waving movie, but it's so much fun. I caught, like, the last 30 minutes of it on Channel 5 one night, and I thought, what the fuck is this? It's shit art. It's violent. It's first-person perspective when these Marines are going into combat situations. It's like it's literally like Call of Duty, the video, the video game made into a movie. And, you know, again, people will say, oh, who wants to see that? But if you love a Predator style, you know, Jarhead sort of action movie with, and these guys are real, like you say, real serving Navy SEALs. Instead of using them as technical advisors, they've gone, do you know what? Play the part. Mm. They've thrown fuck knows how much money at this. This film looks beautiful it does, yeah gorgeous you know every every shot is like a painting it's and it's a beautiful looking film and it's a it's a bog standard plot it's terrorists are working together to get some sort of um uh, undetectable um bomb into the united states they can blow it up and we follow this this little squadron of navy seals as they try and you know neutralize different cells on the way up the ladder it's it's a video game of a movie it really is but if you you know if you love you know american sort of <laughs> let's kill the terrorists but, <laughs> you know without the bullshit there's no bullshit to it really is there it's oh, like no, this is not, what no. these guys do it shows them with their families and they're the real families and there's a good introduction on the blu-ray where the directors and the writers say we use the real navy seals and their real families because we've got that much respect for these men, 
you know and i'm the same because you know i would never join the army i i wouldn't have the the bollocks to do what they do day in day out and you know war is wrong and guns are bollocks and all that shit but i love watching men that are willing to put their lives on the line every day to shoot these fucking lunatics that are out there and there are a lot of lunatics out there that want to kill innocent people and they have killed innocent people and these men go out there every day and god damn it they deserve a fucking movie made about them and they deserve to be in the movie it's it's a very good action film. It's got it's not you know exploitatively violent like some action movies can be. If you look at Uwe Boll's Tunnel Rats about oh, yeah. you know Vietnam, if you want to watch a Vietnam film, watch Platoon. Don't watch Uwe Boll's Tunnel Rats because it's like Friday the Thirteenth in the jungle. It's <laughs> you know this is this is a film about men being men doing shit that you know i think i've got a hard job in a fucking office full of women you know my job's a breeze <laughs> compared to this these blokes jump on grenades for you know for their wage packet yeah that isn't going to go to them it's going to go to their fucking unborn child it's one of those movies that makes you really appreciate what these men do for a living it's it's a if you love a good action movie get your balls out get a beer and fucking yeah, watch it definitely and it's one of those that's under the radar, I'm probably I'm presuming that a lot of people that are going to listen to this have probably never even heard of. I mean, Chris, have no. you heard of Act of Valor? I have, yes. Um, I think it's one of those that pops up off, you know, reading total film or something like that, you know, and they kind of do the little short DVD Blu-ray sections at the end and all that sort of stuff. Um, it wasn't, the review I've read of it wasn't particularly as praising as yourselves have been, but I think sometimes, like, you know, we've been talking about reviews a little bit, but you know, it's like sometimes there's a certain amount of snobbery when it comes to if you watch films for a living, then maybe you do tend to get a bit sort of like, you know. But oh, I'm going to check them out. Definitely. Um, oh, I don't know, I'm going to embarrass myself now. Definitely the one you mentioned, which I can't remember the name. So, uh, oh, Lone Survivor. Lone Survivor. Oh, yes. you've oh, got to watch yes. that. You have to watch that. That is, yeah, that is that instantly jumped. To, to my all-time top ten, I couldn't believe how good that was. I, cool. I I can't remember the last time I watched the film when I was I was gripping the couch. My knuckles were going white all the way through that film. It's it's incredible. It is yeah, it's a, a top one. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish my movie talk, my talk for tonight before I pass it over to you two guys with more with more men, oh. more testosterone, oh. more more actually this is more <laughs> almost naked men that are oiled up Ooh, here we fuck. go I'm just literally pissed into my beer can my man. <laughs> I'm getting aroused I've, I've still exposed my penis there we go put it away there's uh, anybody listening to this and uh, I know you Ramrod and you Chris will be well informed on the great documentary from the 70s called Pumping Iron yeah oh well, this is is the spiritual sequel to it, made by the producer, one of the producers of Pumping Iron. It's called Generation Iron. It was made a couple of years ago when I bought this. I picked it up on uh, DVD, and myself and Ramrod watched it. Um, oh, it's a few weeks ago now. Uh, it's Arnie makes an appearance. Lou Ferrigno makes appearance in it. It's um, 
much like the first one, it sort of pits a few bodybuilders against each other in the within the Mr. Universe title. But the the way that it's filmed, the way that it's set up, the characters in it. I mean, we both didn't we mate? We both rooted for this one guy in particular in it, and you're going, "Oh, he wins! Oh, he wins!" <laughs> yeah. But it is. It's one of those. It's just we we were just engrossed in it, weren't we? And it we watched it and it finished and it was late at night and we'd had a few beers uh, and it's one of those films we just wanted to go down to the gym if the gym had been open down the road <laughs> we'd have been we'd have been going in there and probably you know causing ourselves all sorts of muscle strains trying to lift far too much than we should try to lift um but we loved it it, it was amazing wasn't it mate let's just say lifting weights is something i do for fun <laughs> i'm I'm not some massive brick shit house because to get to the size of these men, you've got to take steroids. That's yeah. the bottom line. You've got to take steroids. And I've been lifting weights for a while and I look like a fucking minge compared to these guys. <laughs> <laughs> a dirty little minge. But yeah, it, I mean, if you want inspiration, stick this on. I defy any man, any red blooded man to watch this and go, I'm going to join the gym tomorrow. <laughs> Because you know they are they they they're superhuman they're superheroes. I mean, you go back to the original Pumping Iron. They'll never be another Arnold Schwarzenegger. As long as we live, anybody else, they'll never be another Arnie. His charisma, his dedication, and what he achieves with his body and his physique is different. These guys now, they are they're aware of what's gone before, and they're making it bigger. You know, and this one, I can't remember the guy's name, but it was a guy with the dreadlocks, wasn't it? Oh, and he he's was, incredible, yeah. He was almost like a Mike Tyson, wasn't he? He was, like, very quiet yeah. with his hood up from the streets. He had, like, a bad upbringing, and he's got no money, but he looked amazing. And, like, you know, you could almost say it's homoerotic in a way, but I really appreciate, as we've said before, a good-looking man, a man that looks after his body, and it's very difficult to achieve that thing because I've, you know, I've lost a lot of weight in my life. I lost five stone in weight. I've tried to achieve something, but I look at these men and I do idolise them. You know, fuck me. You must live in the gym. You must stick a needle in your leg every day, and you know, have a relationship with anybody but your own physique. It's insane what they do, and you know, it's entertaining to watch. It's a great documentary to watch, but talk about motivation if you're a fuck if you're any sort of a man you know you want to go out and spr- like fucking power lift your car once you've watched it it's fucking great great documentary <laughs> brilliant it is these guys are uh, these guys are gods you know and y- you go back hundreds of years when sculptors used to do these these beautiful you know, naked men with the willies out. Uh, what the fuck am I talking about? Willies? But I don't know what. There's no willies in it. But you know what I'm getting at. You know, just these... put yours away. That's it. I, I've got my hand on it now. Actually, talking about this <laughs> I get like that when I get really blokey. It's really weird. You know, I get off. You could take me to a strip club, and I'm going. Yeah, this is good. Naked women and tits. But you take me to a bodybuilding thing, and I'll go. Oh hell yeah! yeah. Now we're talking. Yeah. Let's put a smile on them. <laughs> Make him shine. <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> Chris, quickly, take, take us into okay. your movie chat. Well, this follows on quite nicely, I guess, from what you've just been talking about, because um, I've been watching, well, I've watched Tyson, the documentary, um, which is the main thing I was going to talk to you about anyway, because 
um, as you know, I, I've been getting into boxing and stuff like that, you know, just sort of like the whole aspect of it. Never been interested in it before, but I've been doing a little bit, you know, getting into it and um, not just boxing, but, you know, just other, I suppose, uh, self-defense to a certain degree. I don't want, you know, kind of the other people on that other show that I talk about take the piss out of me because, you know, they think it's hilarious. But you've seen a video of, of kind of like just me hitting some pads and stuff like that. And I'm quite proud of that. And now we're kind of doing some sparring. This is actual, I mean, hitting pads and sparring, there's nothing that compares to the, the two. I mean, you, you know, that one is, you know, it's like you could do a minute's round, do it sparring and you can hit a pad for 10 minutes and the sparring will be the more physically demanding let me tell you that um because somebody's actually hitting you back you know but with this so the 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 guy who i do it with at work uh he lent me this documentary said you got to watch this really good so now as a result i just used to think boxing was two guys wailing on each other and there's no technique to it there's no skill you just literally you know you punch in until somebody falls down and that's bollocks let me tell you straight that, that that's absolute bullshit i've learned that since then and that um what i watch fights differently now you know any kind of fight whether it's on a film whether it's a boxing match you watch for the technique you watch for what they're doing and you what you know you kind of it's two guys trying to psych each other out, trying to figure each other out, feel each other out, you know, find that opening and, and, and everything else. Um, and this documentary, so Mike Tyson is a controversial figure. You know, there's no question about that. I think people either love him or they hate him. A guy who's haunted by demons and he's very open and honest about everything that's happened to him in his life from his upbringing you know, getting in a tough neighbourhood, you know, being bullied, um, being in poor health, um, getting into petty theft, petty crime, um, and how then he met his trainer and mentor and basically his father figure, you know, in Cus Um And you talk about Rocky, I mean, that is... That's your Rocky story there. That's like your, your Mickey and your Rocky sort of like um, characters. That That's it. You know, this you got this old guy who's kind of like coming to the end of his life, you know, kind of been there and done that. And then he, he meets um, Tyson as a young kid, you know, and he basically says to Tyson, if you do everything I say to you, I will make you world champion, you know. And he, he even said in an interview that meeting Tyson gave him a reason to carry on living you know that that's why you know he did what he did but then he kind of like goes on i mean this is a tyson right again whatever you think of him when he was at the top of his game that he was the baddest man on the planet in terms of boxing there was nobody who could touch him he he was you know the best there 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 was at, at that particular sort of time and so it then goes into sort of like the time where he won the world championship when he was, he just turned 20, you know, think what I was doing when I was 20, I was getting pissed up in, you know, falling out of fucking taxis and, and, and whatever. This is a guy who won the world championship when he was 20 years old. And I think he said he even got, he got gonorrhea at the time um, because he'd been shagging prostitutes and dirty women and all this, that and the other. Um, and, and he explains all that kind of stuff, you know, and he doesn't, and not to, not no pun intended, but he doesn't pull any punches on the sort of like the, the darker aspects of his life, you know, as well. Um, and then when Cus died in, in 1985, it then kind of goes on to um, 
Harry's life, you can see it starting to unravel because then the entourage started to come into play. Then you got Don King and, and the women and all that sort of stuff. And and it, and it's sad, really. To, I mean, he, he to watch to, for him to say he fell out of love with boxing. You know, something that is such a part of somebody's life for then then to turn around and say, I just don't want it anymore. I can't I can't do it anymore. I think Andre Agassi even said something similar when he you know, he admitted recently that he hated tennis, you know, even when he was kind of like towards at the top end of his game and everything, he, he hated it because it was like it was drilled into him, you know, from a young age that, you know, being the best and all this, that and the other. Um but it's a great documentary, really entertaining. Um and it gives you Whatever you think of the man, you know, watch it because it will give you a bit more of an idea. And then you can make your mind up, you know, if you still think he's a dick, then you still think he's a dick. But, you know, a hugely intelligent man, I think, as well. And that goes unnoticed sometimes, you know, because people just think he's a thug and everything else. And I think there's an element of that to it, you know. Again, um, not saying that he's perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but... um, I mean, to hear him speak, you know, obviously he's got a famous lisp and all whatever. He would say it's to his fucking face, let's face it. But um, but you know what I mean? It, it's like you can sort of see the the intelligence there as well, you know. And, yeah, just how he it, he was exploited, you know, and, and in certain ways, you know, and how he exploited other people, you know. He's, he doesn't. He's not shy about it, telling you all about that stuff. Really good documentary, and the uh, the Blu-ray I think has got the special edition's got like two hours worth of his fights and stuff, you know, and some of the highlights. I'm going to watch all that sort of stuff as well. Yeah, really good. I saw it um, a couple of years ago, and um, two things stick out for me. One, his put down to somebody in the crowd when oh, he yeah. heckles him, and he says, "I'll fuck you till you love me, faggot." And that stayed with me forever. Yeah. I mean, I've said that to so many people when they <laughs> me. And the other one is his um, the, when he's walking along the beach and the tide's lapping his feet and he's in linen trousers and he talks about sexually dominating a woman. Yeah. Um, I'm, I love Mike Tyson. I mean, whatever bad was said about him and the things that he said he did wrong... Uh, you know, controversially, I'm in the Mike Tyson camp. You know, he's one of these guys that people saw a vulnerable person and they said, well, I'm going to fucking rip him apart. I'm going to make money off him. He's not He's not a hard person in his heart. He's not a hard person. With his mm. fists, he's a very hard person. Oh, yeah. And uh, I've got a lot of respect for Mike Tyson. And That documentary is at once funny and heartbreaking and that's the problem with him because he's been parodied in like the hangover movies and everybody goes oh it's mike tyson it's funny the simpsons you know know, like dredrick tatham you know it's he's he's not he's not he's not he's he's a nice bloke i think and it's he was victimized a lot and just like you say he was exploited and once he lost his he talks about his pigeons he's obsessed with these pigeons he had when he was a kid wasn't he that he had these pigeons on a roof and this guy taught him to look after pigeons and all this and this guy had nothing when he grew up i mean like uh, a similar documentary I watched recently called champs about and, and you've got mike tyson evander holyfield and um uh hopkins the lightweight who was in prison and it's a story i mean because you've seen the tyson documentary and this kind of interweaves tyson's story with evander holyfield and um hopkins as you know all simultaneously how they became 
these great fighters and Holyfield was the only one who kind of had like a fast track to stardom through the Olympics but Tyson was from the streets Hopkins was in prison you know doing 17 years and they became these great fighters and it, it's it's inspirational to see that somebody who's got absolutely nothing can become you know a god and Mike Tyson is a god and even now you know all the all the shit that's happened to him in his life I'd love to shake his hand because I think he's been such a pioneer for the sport of boxing and I've been a fan of boxing for years I know Dave's been you know you were Nazim Hamid's biggest fan weren't you Dave when it came on and um yeah Tyson's uh it's a shame that he's maligned as a bit of a joke these days I think but yeah, more people should get out there and watch this documentary. It's great. And Chris, if you get the chance, get that Champs documentary um, to follow on to this because it'll give you a little bit more background on a couple of other great fighters. Cool. Yeah. yeah I mean, really he, he talks about when he went to prison as well, you know, for that rape, rape charge and everything else. And he, it wasn't the, he wasn't treated it like like a royalty when he went to prison. That you know, he he was when he's talking about when he was put in the hole, you know, and and sort of not seen anybody for 23 hours a day and deprived of kind of daylight food just just uh, you know like you said just kind of somebody who's had a really tough life achieved something amazing being the best at something mm. and then just been fucked over by people that's the way you know and i know it's his story and he's telling it but he's pretty honest about the mistakes he's made in his life as well so yeah yeah, it's it's a great documentary. There's, like I say, though, it's not not many people will go out and seek this sort of thing out. You know, they'll probably watch it for a laugh because it is quite funny. Some of it, <laughs> you know, you can't go yeah. out some of some of the quotes he comes out with. You're like fucking hell, you know what? But it, it's quite endearing, isn't it? But most people only know him from The Hangover, singing "One Night in Bangkok." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's immortalised the song forever. Uh, Ramrod, you mentioned Prince Nazim Hamed, and I've got to say, he he was one boxer that I fucking loved, and I've got, um, I think it was like from the mid seventies until definitely the end of the nineties. I was heavily into boxing. I would watch it. I would watch. I've watched so many boxing matches live. I used to go to like Manchester and all across the UK. I watched like you know Prince Nazim Hamed, uh, Chris Eubank, Nigel Benn. Uh, so many that I couldn't mention. I watched them live. I think um, my first favourite boxer was uh, Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Was the one I always like followed religiously. Um, and so, of course, when Tyson came on the scene, I think one thing that people listening to this, uh, like maybe younger listeners that maybe like you've mentioned, um, only know Tyson like from the hangover and going into prison and all that kind of stuff. Mm. When he first came onto the boxing scene, it was, it was like a revelation. He was, he was an animal. He, mm. you know, I remember watching those first fights of his and just sitting there like jaw to the floor. He would just leave his corner with one thing on his mind. And that was just to beat the shit out of whoever was in the opposite corner. And you'd never seen anything like it. There was no real sort of, you know, um, Muhammad Ali was, you know, he's all about technique. He was a, he was the perfect technical boxer. Whereas Tyson, he was just pure rage. He was just going to take you down. He was going to hit you. He didn't give a shit if you hit him because he wasn't going to go anywhere. He would just pound you until you just disappeared. And I think it's unfortunate um, the way that his legacy 
now with you know with the younger generation maybe doesn't sort of realize that and they just go oh hangover oh prison sentence and you know all the other shit that's happened in between and maybe weren't there at the start and realize what a revelation he was to the boxing world and i think chris i think you get a flavor of that from this documentary don't you it's like he's, he's he's such a massive part of the boxing world and you know the boxing history yeah i, I think it's that a lot of it like i said it's that relationship between him and cuz and that He's practically in tears when he's talking about that. It's like his dad died, you know. And it's the the way he was drilled. It's like Cus said, "I'm going to make you a god." And there was there's nothing else that enters his mind. It's like these, you know, when he steps into the ring, like you said, these people they've got no right to be there. He is a, the god. He's the man. There's no nobody could. That was that was what was drilled into him, you know. And um, like you said, it's pure power and so fast. You know, if he hit you, you'd fucking know about it. Yeah. You know, it's just a, it's it's sad to see the way it kind of comes to an end. You know, he said that his last fight he did purely for the money, and he got knocked down. And and you know, he talks about the drugs and everything else, and how he didn't really train very hard for some of the fights, and how it sh- it shows. It's the then there's the ear biting, you know kind of and the holy field stuff that, that happened to him um but this is the thing i was chatting to uh, my friend at work and it's kind of like you know saturday night tv used to be fucking awesome didn't it because you'd have like boxing would be on like normal yeah. on, on central you know or itv or whatever it was you know you'd have like like you said epic fights chris eubank you know and all that sort of stuff but and now what what you got you got fucking saturday night takeaway or <laughs> or x factor yeah. and it's like you know, where's it's again, like you said, we're talking like this men's stuff. Where you know, it's like we've become oh, how can I? I can't put it blunt, um, politely, but it's just like kind of just become like pussyfied kind of thing. You know, it's <laughs> it's like, do you know what I mean? Where's this? Where's this? I know it's there because obviously there's the Pacquiao, um, Mayweather fight which is coming yeah. up next weekend. Um, but again, that's all on this pay per view, and that's the way it's all going and stuff like it's massive. You know, that's a massive fight. But it's like, I, st- I think it's coming back a little bit because you do see a bit of it on Channel Five every now and then. Like some boxing will pop up and stuff like that. But it's it's like there, it used to be an event. You know, it used to be a big deal, but on terrestrial television, but not so much anymore. The funny thing is that just a couple of years ago, Mike Tyson was in the small Welsh village that myself and Ramrod live in. Wasn't he, mate? He was, yeah, he was. He was, he was yeah. here, yeah. He did a personal appearance at the, uh, the Lion Keys, and it was one of those ones where you pay for your ticket, and you get a dinner, and he does a little bit of a talk, and then you get a picture with him. Wow. Yeah, but we didn't go. <laughs> oh. We missed out there. But I think it was like fucking 180 quid or something. It was expensive, a, wasn't it? Yeah. A picture and dinner and, you know, listen to him chat about all this you know you can just watch the great documentary but you know i don't want to get that close to him because knowing my mouth i go but you could knock (laughs) me out you prick or something (laughs) like that to him and they'd probably fucking break my face (laughs) right have we got is there anything else either of you want to say because we've we've gone once again slightly over the 60 minutes with these (laughs) slightly my God, it's like the Ben Hur of podcasts. This 
fucking goes on and on. Well, I, I mean, I was going to do a little bit of a loving tonight, but I'm going to I'm going to cut it short, and we can have a little chat about a film in particular. I was going to talk because last episode I did a big loving about Keanu Reeves, yeah, and we all love Keanu Reeves. And this this month I was going to do a special about Denzel Washington, mm. but anybody who knows me knows that I've got a very Two special films with Denzel Washington in. Now, I love the man so much, and I could talk about him all night, but I want—I would love to say, obviously, he won an Oscar for Training Day. You've oh, both seen Training Day. Beautiful film. Yep. Beautiful. Great yeah. movie. And he's Denzel Washington, but he's a bad Denzel Washington. He's like, he's like Superman with a kryptonite, and he goes evil, and he's bad Denzel Washington. But that's not the film I really love. Dave, what is the film... I really love with Denzel Washington. Can you tell me in one word? <laughs> in one word, you can't explain this film in one word, mate. Listen, mate, this this, this film this, this this defies explanation in one word. I've I've it's it's one of those films I've bought twice. I've got it on <laughs> I've I've got it on Region One DVD, and now I've got it on uh, Region Two because it's a, a better transfer it's an anamorphic transfer and this film deserves a blu-ray release if there's anybody listening to this out there that distributes blu-rays get this fucking movie a blu-ray release because it's russell monarchy's amazing film ricochet and i mean i've loved this film for so long it's got everything i love in movies and denzel washington is you know this guy can go from exploitation hero like charles bronson to Oscar-nominated legend, the movies like Cry Freedom and Glory, and then winning Best Oscar... Oh, I can't even speak now, I'm getting all excited. <laughs> Actor Oscar for Training Day. But Ricochet, for me, is it's one of those films that it needs a rebirth. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's so brilliantly directed. And this guy, you know, you've interviewed him before in 80s Picture House. I mean, this guy started off doing music videos. He's one of the very first music videos directors to become a, a movie director. And every film he's made has looked stunning. And I've loved it from Razorback to Resident Evil Extinction. He's a great director. Highlander, even Highlander 2, as as maligned as it is, it, it looks amazing. He's a, he's a beautiful photographer. And with Ricochet, he's got the perfect combination and he's got Denzel Washington in exploitation mode. Yeah. And what a fucking movie. And John Lithgow in oh, this. Oh, he's great. It's just a fucking lunatic in it. And John Lithgow's a great actor when he's being an actor, Hannah and his sisters, and you know, his Woody Allen stuff and Harry and the Hendersons. But you give him a nutty role like the Trinity Killer in Dexter. Oh, yeah. Terrifying. Cliffhanger. You know, he's cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. You know, even though he's British and he's not. <laughs> and in Ricochet, he's uh, he plays a hitman and just a quick plot overview for anybody that's stupid enough to ever never have seen Ricochet is basically uh, John Lithgow's a hitman, he gets hired to do this hit um, Denzel Washington and Kevin Pollack is his partner, they're big cops um, at fairground and they come face to face and Denzel Washington does this amazing thing where he strips down to his boxer shorts but he's got a little gun hidden down the back of his pants and he shoots John Lithgow in the knee, kind of behind his back, it's almost like a beautiful David Beckham free kick <laughs> <laughs> the way he shoots this guy in the knee. And some guy's filming it, and he becomes like a, a media hero. John Lithgow's languishing in prison. He's been shot in the knee. He, he's 
hell bent on revenge, getting his own back on Denzel Washington's character, who in the meantime has gone from Beacock to detective to, a, I think he's like district attorney. And John Lithgow busts his way out of prison in a horrendously violent way. You're talking circular sores across people's chests, drills in people's heads. It's it's absolutely ridiculous exploitation movie disguised as a action blockbuster <laughs> with Oscar-winning actor Denzel Washington in it. How the fuck this film gets away with what it does is beyond me. Ice-T is a supporting role in it. Yeah. It's Denzel's um, like hood you know, best friend who's become a drug dealer while Denzel's a district student. There's so much to this film. And it's testament to Fred Decker, who I'll oh. just mention quickly. This guy, how the fuck he's not writing and directing films anymore is beyond me because this guy was so prolific in the 80s doing mm. Night of the Creeps, um, Monster Squad. and House. Uh, House. Let's talk about House. Fucking hell. Great films. Unfortunately, he did Robocop 3 and it was a death knell to him. I don't think he's done anything since. Until I've read Shane Black has recruited him to write his Predator movie. I mean, what a double act. That is Shane Black and Fred Decker for the new Predator. You know, I mean, we we were talking about Marvel sequels before and Iron Man 3 is a fucking amazing film and it's again Shane Black is all over it so yeah let's get Fred Decker back up there because he wrote this movie and he's you know it's ridiculous because he can write a film like House which you know it's it's a horror comedy but it's about a man's mental illness after being in Vietnam you know and if it was directed by a different guy it would have been a different movie because he can write a great script and in Ricochet it's it's all there on the screen you know and uh I was going to talk about Washington for an hour, but this for me is his his best film. It I is. love Ricochet. I could yeah. watch it any day. Um, I'll turn it over to you two guys. Any experiences watching this? It's been years. I think I watched it on video when it came out afterwards shortly. Because I don't think it did particularly well like uh, financially. I don't think it was a, bit, a big hit, you know, at the box office and all that sort of stuff. Not that that matters. Um, but watching it on VHS and like you said I've got memories uh, of him just get, stripping off to his underwear and then shooting John Lithgow John, Lith- John Lithgow going crazy um, and not to spoil I'm not going to spoil it but something pretty graphic happens at the end as well um, when they're having a bit of a fight and stuff so that's yeah. my um, so, but it involves a spike but yeah um, <laughs> But that's my memory of it. But I mean, yeah, Washington needs. He's like, you know, um, oh, my memory is so bad at the moment. Um, the Irish dude, Taken, please tell me. Liam Neeson. Know. Liam Neeson. He's like the black Liam Neeson <laughs> to a certain In as much as, you know, great actor and everything. I mean, they're in totally different sort of scale. I'm going to say that flippantly. But it, it's like he's doing these. His age now, what is he? He's uh, got to be in his early 50s. He's 60 now. 60? 60. Still looks, still looks good. And yet, you know, he's doing like films like Two Guns, uh, Safe House, Unstoppable, Book of Eli, um, The Equalizer. I haven't seen The Equalizer. I'm a bit touchy about that because I love the the original TV show. But um, I, I've heard he kicks ass in that. Oh, you know, and it's, it's got... good, mate. Trust it's I think, fucking yeah, excellent me, film. Both of us will tell you watch The Equalizer. I mean, we both love the original, but th- this movie is fantastic. This, yeah. is, this is the thing I wanted to say about him because he can go from, like, Robert Zemeckis's flight. I mean, he got Oscar nominated for that, and I think he should have won because it's very rare that I will cry 
watching a performance and this is a guy who's he's a pilot and he's an alcoholic and he saves a lot of lives but he's investigated while he's he was drunk while he saved these lives and it's if never never seen flight it's a beautifully made film and zemeckis he's a fucking he's a god making movies you know he's untouchable and washington again he can go from playing something which is so weighty emotionally and you know it's denzel washington and he 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 does the same thing in every film he's he's not very he's not a well i don't know it's weird because you can say he's a character actually he's not a method actor he's a character actor but he's always Mm. denzel and you know what you're going to get but with equalizer and ricochet and films like that they're exploitation movies they're they're fucking b movies exploit exploitation is violence it's you know high concept and all this i mean he drills somebody's head in the equalizer you know he he's like jason Voorhees in the last 20 minutes it's, it's <laughs> he fucking is. obscene the violence in it and it's but he's got that weight to it so where he can play a role that jared butler would play in olympus has fallen but he jared yeah. butler couldn't do what he does in you know malcolm x or the hurricane you know, these are, he's such a great actor and he's one of those unrepeatable sort of talents. I mean, he's the only black actor ever to be like um, win an Oscar for best supporting actor and best actor, you know, and that's testament to him. Again, I know, you know, it's no difference between a white man and a black man and all this, but he is the only like black actor ever to do this. And there's not many black actors that can do or get the roles even that Denzel Washington gets. I mean, we've got Idris Elba, who I think should be right up there playing these big parts. But, you know, as long as Washington's out there doing it, he's doing such a great job. But, you know, I mean, I could talk all night. I I did watch Virtuosity just quickly the other night. Oh, wow. (laughs) If anybody's never seen that and you want to watch a mad film, (laughs) you know, somebody's been given a fuck ton of money and gone, I don't know what to do with it. I'm just going to throw it at the screen. And um, I'm going to use every sort of modern technology I had available. Uh, Russell Crowe is also absolutely crazy. bonkers in that film. Yeah. It's a great film. But yeah, Denzel, uh, you know, and he's he's worked with two directors. Uh, Malcolm, Malcolm X, he did He Got Game, Mo Better Blues with Spike Lee. And he did a lot of films with him. But he also had a great period of time with God Rest His Soul and Tony Scott. And he did some fantastic films with him, Unstoppable, Deja Vu, which oh, is... You know, a man on fire is just yeah. crazy. You know, and Crimson Tide, which you know, again, Gene Ackman's awesome in the film, but Washington's so cool in it. But he's he's a great versatile actor, and um, Ricochet is one of my favourite. You know, top twenty films of all time. You know, this guy can just do anything. He can play crazy, he can play killer, and he can he can make me cry. You know, what a great actor. You know, so that's me little Denzel loving. I squeeze it in. That's nice. And it is much like Tom Cruise. They both, among a few others, have just been like drinking from the fountain of youth, haven't oh, they? Yeah. It's just they, they just don't age. What's going on there? They just do not age. He looks really good. He's blessed. He's really blessed. And you know, any and and again, like you say with Tom Cruise, any movie that comes out with Denzel in or Tom Cruise, I want to watch it. I know what he's going to do, but I just want to watch him yeah. do it because he's yeah. a pleasure to watch. Gentlemen. How we spent at the, at this late hour of the Good evening? Good lord, it's late. That's been yeah. It's been like a tantric sex session, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> are, we, are we about ready to go now? Are we? Are we going to both? All three of us going to go at the same time now? Is it just at the end? Are we, <sighs> have we been holding back till this moment? No, my, I've passed the point of giving a shit now. 
<laughs> you know that point when you're having a wank and you you, you wait <laughs> you wait for that clip to come up on on Pornhub or whatever, and then you're like, I don't think I can get yeah. there anymore, and I'm you get pissed off with yourself because you've ruined it for yourself. Or an advert comes up and just spoils the moment when you do. Yeah. yeah. Or it's yeah, it's the money shot, and then it cuts to the guy's face. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. So let let's round this off. Ramrod, how can listeners follow you online, mate? Well, you can follow me on Facebook at David Ramrod Rogers, but don't do that because it's really private. <laughs> um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter as Ramrods underscore ghost. Good. And they can see probably mostly naked, well, semi-naked pictures of your good self. Mostly, yeah. yeah. I do my best. Yeah. And, and you around Welsh castles. Yeah, go on, Wales. <laughs> Fuck you, St. George. Chris, how can people follow you and that other show that you do that, online? That other show, right. So, yeah, I'm at Dastardly Jabby on Twitter, and we're at the same coin or TS coin. Um, so, check us out on that as well. We may as well give, do you want to give, you know, those other couple of uh, wankers that you're on with, you give I theirs out do. as well. You right, may, okay, so if you don't, we'll just never hear the end of it on the next time you record the same coin, mate. I know. So, right, so uh, Ben is at xx40xx and Dits is at Dits, D-I-T-S. And there we go. And obviously I will give all the details about 60 minutes with in just a couple of minutes. So, whew, deep breath. We're done. Mm, We're done. Fuck. Until the next one. That was, we, we went deep and we went long. <laughs> Can I go to bed now? Yes. <laughs> You need to, you need to empty those piss bottles now, mate. Can I go to the mate. toilet now? Yes, we can all go for it, like a synchronised wee. I think, and that's what will happen. That was epic. Cheers. All right. Well, thank you, everybody who's listening, and stuck it out to the end. Thank you so much for for going this far. So yeah, let's all say goodbye. 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 And there we are, the end of a mammoth show. And I tip my hat to anybody that's made it this far, all the way to the end. Thank you. Uh, what you can do between now and the next show, which will be the, the first of our Married with Children shows, um, you can do a few things, actually. You can go to the website, which is 60minuteswith.co.uk. You can like our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash 60minuteswith. And you can also follow us on Twitter, which is at 60minuteswith. Uh, you can also leave us an iTunes review. Speaking of which, we've been left two iTunes reviews recently. Uh, one was by Tom D UK. Yes, that's Tom, my fellow co-host from 80s Picture House. Thank you, Tom. A five-star review and some glowing words. Um, also, we've had a five-star review from somebody called The Manners. So thank you for that too, whoever you may be. Uh, what I will say is if you leave us an iTunes review and you're outside of the UK, if you could please get in touch with us either by Facebook, Twitter or email and um, just give me a heads up that you've left one. Otherwise, I can't really tell. The numbers go up, but I don't know what country they're from. So if it's outside the UK, please get in touch with us. Uh, you can also now listen to us on Stitcher too. So you can download the Stitcher app and listen to us on the go. So that's another way to listen to us. Um, all that remains is uh, to say whoever you are, wherever you are, thank you for listening, stay subscribed, and we'll be back again very soon.
Right, go, Dave. Lead us into temptation. Take us, right. Dave. Are we ready? Take I need, us. I need to carry on drinking, man. I fucking have a, I've had a break of me drinking. It's not good for me. I'm just going to open my next can. I know. I've not even had a wee break, so I'll probably just... I don't know. I'll just piss on the floor. Let's break. go. I've got the fucking fire, fire thing bottle here, the fireball bottle ready, after Chris said, <laughs> good idea, mate. It's all right. I, I'm just used to wetting myself on a daily basis anyway, so there's, there's, there's no change there. Yeah. Just slow drippage throughout the day. <laughs> That's it. It's... Slow drip, Dave. I'm coming. As soon as I finish work, I'm coming. I'm going to put my fucking training shorts on and I'm going to put my gum shield in and we're going. That's it. Nice. It'll be like the Royal Rumble in the back garden. <laughs> the, ro the Royal Rumble. As long as we can do it in our pants and go yes. <laughs> naked, <laughs> naked like Greek wrestlers. Oh, it'll be like... <laughs> What's that Oliver uh, Oliver uh, Reed Reed film? Yeah, Women yeah. in Love. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, where he fucking literally rapes Alan Bates on the oh, carpet. That'll be the one. Fire. I'll get the log burner fired up. Just to, you know, it'll be you... perfect for it. Yeah, <laughs> can we recreate it for sixty minutes? Because <laughs> it's one of my favourite films. Are you joking? I love that film. It what? might traumatise my daughter, Emma Ward, possibly, <laughs> but you know, well, bags the Oliver Reed right now. Yeah. I, I can. Put... <laughs> I can do special effects and put a censored sign up against the widge. So <laughs> <laughs> better be a really fucking censored sign. <laughs> I look forward to it, mate. Awesome. <laughs> I'm desperate for a slash. I'm so sorry. No, go on then. I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk now because it'll lead into me chatting to Ramrod for a minute. So you can go, go, go. I was thinking about pissing in my coffee cup, which is uh, isn't even empty. <laughs> it's, so it's not going to be enough. I've I've filled that fucking fireball bottle again, and one of my cans. <laughs> I've got to go. I'll back in a sec. Go, Chris. Go. Right, you ready, right, mate? We'll, we'll carry on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll carry on quickly. We're a couple of pissy pants here, aren't we? Pissy pants. I need a fucking like a. A catheter or something? <laughs> you need like some sort of empty barrel. Honest to God, I must have like over a litre of piss next to me. <laughs> what the fuck? I've run out of beer, which is the most depressing part. <laughs> you've run out of things to piss in. Which I've run out of things more. to piss in and things to drink. <laughs> what the fuck, man? You're ruining my life. It's like half eleven at night, Dave. <laughs> What the fuck, mate? We've been recording for nearly three hours. <laughs> That's all the technical difficulties <laughs> at the start. Three hours, mate. Um, yeah, Ramrod, you mentioned... <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> it's because you said ready. What do you expect me we to We were say? talking about Mike Tyson and we said Mike I'm Tyson... Gonna bring, I'm going to bring boxing into it. Why do you want... Oh, I don't know. Right, okay. go again. I'll try not to laugh. It's because you said ready. I don't know. It just made me laugh. Shall I see what I see to Nibbler? And go! You <laughs> <laughs> just fucking creased me. And ready. I was like, oh, no. I'm not. No. All right. Just, what are you going to talk about? I'm going to talk about boxing. What All right. Carry on about? talking about boxing, mate. I'll shut up now. Go. <laughs> just to wee yourself when I say anything. I'm all right. I've got nothing left. <laughs> Just sat there dripping. Man. That's you it. Me, I ne I've never got the giggles doing this. Don't fucking bring Don't them on. Don't start now. Right. Or else. Boxing. Don't Mike Tyson. Boxing. It's fucking serious stuff, this. People get right. hurt. Come on, boxing. Men. Men. Oh, I'm ready. Hitting. Go. On. Right. <laughs> Stop laughing, you cunt. It's you, you twat. Come on, go. Um... <laughs> I didn't do anything. I could hear something. I never did anything. I was I was looking out the window. 
enigmatically All right. looking out of the window. I'm just looking outside. I'm looking into Kelly's living room. <laughs> That's your trousers down straight away, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You dirty Go. bastard. Go. Right. I'm boxing. Back. Okay. You, all you've missed is Ramrod being totally unprofessional and giggling like a girl. Oh. As, as I'm, try, I'm trying to start the show back off, and all he can do is piss himself laughing and piss himself. <laughs> oh, in equal measure. Giggles, I'm sorry. Okay, there's a professional back on the line now. <laughs> things, things, things will be back to normal. Okay. Yeah. Right, ready. This, yeah. this is, this is, this. I'm only doing this so I can make the edit easier. It's not normally an edit, but because of my crackle, I'm going to have to do it. It's your fucking crackle. It's my fucking crackle, mate. That's blame my crackle. You ruined the day. Yeah, 